Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Nextlander podcast deep in the heart of October, right in the middle there. We are, uh, uh, when is the next Alex Navarro? When do we do our clocks again? Oh, man, I don't know. I think that's in, is that in November? Yes. November, I'm just going to say 8th on the basis of nothing, and then Google. I'm going to say 15th. I'll go with 15th. It feels like I'm just going to go with the middle. Brad Shoemaker, is that a winter solstice when we do that? No, solstice is the 22nd of December, right? Okay. Jeez, I don't know. Uh, November 5th. November 5th? November 5th. Oh, that's coming up. Oh, wait, that's terrible. I'm going to be out of town... I've got to oh, catch no. a flight on, like, I think November Oh, good. Yeah. Theft. No, well, November, no. Sunday. That's Sunday, right? And if that's when you're flying back, then yes, that is, in <laughs> fact, when, yeah. Oh, hey, you'll, you'll gain back an hour of that travel. Uh, I'm going to fuck something up real We're bad. going to be on the West Coast. It's going to mess. It's going <laughs> to bra- break our brains, man. <laughs> I, uh, I better figure that out, uh, too sweet, uh, before I'm out there. Man. Okay, well, that's a good piece of news to have. Thank you, Nextlander Podcast. We're leading with the news here on the Nextlander Podcast to let you all know your brain will be broken come November. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, And that's the the fall behind, so we'd set the clock. Oh, yeah. Darkness is about to enshroud all of us. Dark one? Yes. Yeah. You'll get more sleep, but you'll get way less sunlight. Nothing will ever compare to doing extra life on the day that the clocks fall back. Oh, an extra hour and making it till about what is this was it two in the morning one in the morning something like that making it until late you know because i think i started at 7 a.m the day before Uh uh-huh so i'm like coming up on pushing 20 hours of my 24 hours Mm -hmm. and watching the clock go back an hour (laughs) (laughs) what if it was a 25 hour stream Mm -hmm. yeah it was in fact it was um yeah the, are we going to have another like round of do we get rid of this or not or we don't oh, we have fucking standard standard time all day long and by day I mean you're I feel like long. there's a standard a, time is the only way standard time is the one in the summer or the winter uh, it's the one in the winter that's the one in the winter so that's after we said we're going to go back to standard daylight savings time is going to end yes okay daylight savings is the aberration here okay they call it standard time for a reason. Yeah. Let's adhere so, to the standards. So that's darker in the mornings or darker in the evenings? On darker darker in, the evenings. in the evenings. Light in, in the, the morning. Evening. Okay. Give it to me. Yeah. Give it to me. Are there are people who need that sunlight. I get it. It's helpful in its own way. I'm not just talking about the farmers, but I don't care. Give me the extra sleep. Give me the it's, regular time. That's all I want. Daylight savings is too, too, it's too bad for too many other people than the people who want it to be late. Uh, late, late, unfortunately. Light, late. It was like the the business. Sometimes I think I remember reading when there was another brouhaha about it. Like businesses like it because people shop longer and dine out longer, right? In the uh-huh. when the lights, all of the lights. Well, if, if businesses like it, then I guess we know what we're going to stick with. <laughs> well, we're a business, and we're on uh, the other side of this. We are going to take the hardline other business approach of actually, right. I like sleeping. That's right. We're a business. When do politicians start pandering to us? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's I'm probably, a small businessman. I think oh, you wait. have to incorporate as a corporation, not an LLC, to get oh. that kind of lobbying power. <sighs> also, also, we have to give a lot of our money to them. That's right. It's, um, well, or oh, I'm definitely not doing that. Yeah, that's right. Nope. Sorry. You're going to lose your sleep. I don't think there's a politician on earth I want to give my money to right now. Uh, speaking of giving my money to people, I, uh, 
don't know if you guys have heard about this, but the um, kind of whole uh, industry of uh, uh, beauty face washes and stuff, it's a, it's a big thing out there. And I recently was like, I should probably start moisturizing or doing like taking care of my skin a little bit more. Is this a bit? No, this is real. And then, okay. uh, and then I had, I had heard about like the goops and whatever of the world, but always had kind of stayed on the sidelines of it. Uh-huh. And then once I was looking into, well, like what's an, what is an exfoliant? What, uh, what are these things? What moisturizers should I use? I, I fucking hate it. It's what, like, what dark things have you learned? Um, everything's too expensive. Well, yes. It's extremely expensive and there's like subcategories of subcategories of things. Yes. And so I don't know. It just kind of scared the crap out of me. And I come, I, I bought, I bought myself. I, this is a couple of months ago, but I bought myself a, an exfoliating, like rub your face thing. Like a, like a, like chem- a chemical. Nope. Like a chemical one. Like, a, oh. it's got like, um, enzymes in it or whatever with like a little grit in it. <laughs> I don't know. What the if my partner heard you talking this way, <laughs> she would slap the goddamn taste out of your mouth. Oh, oh, it's got enzymes and stuff. Oh, is that is that what? Oh, that must be fancy. <laughs> I, I look, rub some motor. I like the smell of motor oil and gasoline. Just right now. Well, they probably have an exfoliant for you that uh, smells just like that. I just, I, yeah. Is there? There has to be a cottage industry by now of beauty products for dudes, right? And by by that, I mean like tactical beauty products. Oh, a sure. thousand percent. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Like yes, and they comes, all advertise on Twitter right now. Like yeah. it comes in a camouflage jar, and That's like you're right. exfoliating yep. your face with buckshot or something. It's like uh, it's like branded like gun oil. You kind of yes. just squirt it on, like you're, yeah. No, it's like Homer Simpson's makeup gun. You just it just <laughs> shoots you in the face with exfoliant, and you reload it like a clip. Do you guys like partake in, in like any regimens that are? I should. Are, I, should okay. I, I don't. Have, okay. I have meant to. I've tried to do it and stick to it many times in the last few years, and just can't seem to make myself do it. It's kind of tough. It's well, kind me, of a. Let me be clear. This is my 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 lack of doing it is not out of some sort of like latent and antiquated, you know, masculine notion of well, dudes don't do that. Uh, it's very much a I can't ever get into a routine with this shit. And I've been reluctant to invest the amount of money is necessary in uh, engaging in these sorts of activities. Because like you said, it's a racket. It it So that's the thing where I was like, I've, the exfoliating thing I bought was like, I don't know, 25 bucks for this like tube of stuff that I feel like if I used it every day, I'd just go through the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't think you're supposed to use it every day, but like, man, that's expensive. And then I just siphon off moisturizer from my wife when she's uh mm-hmm. um, she she's like yeah go use it and i'm like which one <laughs> which is can i put this on my face is this okay this one's here is this one for your hands or your face does it matter she's like it really doesn't i mean she says it doesn't matter it, it maybe matters to a slight degree but I, I mean moisturizer is moisturizer but i again you know like whenever i'm like hey i need moisturizer for my face my partner <laughs> just puts one bottle down in front of me is like here this is the one for your face yeah. okay just use this look I'm an idiot. Yeah. I just need the thing put in front. I could I could tell you how to you know wire a, an outlet together and or maybe go buy some electronics when it comes to putting things on my face mm-hmm. the right way. No idea. No, no idea. Uh, but does does Pharrell I, does Pharrell publish his skincare routine? Can I just do that? <laughs> you just want to you just want to copy his? I think my, necromancy is involved in his stuff because my, my, that dude has not aged a day yeah. in 25 years. 
Well, my my girlfriend is way way into this stuff and adheres to it very closely. Okay. And is similarly resisting the effects of aging incredibly well. Pharrell <laughs> uh-huh. Pharrell is like one of her skincare heroes, and now I'm wondering if can I just can I just pay him some money and he can tell me what to do. I mean, it sounds like your your partner has has yeah. the secret has is understood whatever it is that is necessary. You could just go to her for the knowledge. Oh, I don't I don't have time for that shit. <laughs> Does, does, okay, so somebody work. who's on the, yeah on the on the periphery, does it seem like it just takes a lot of time? Yes, okay. a lot of time, and a lot of money. Yes, time, time, and dedication, and and yes, um, yeah. So anyway, that's that was my that's so, th- that's three white guys talking about skincare. Here yeah. you go. Tell me, tell me how to do it without all of the hard work. Of that's it. our next Patreon podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you can find it. Yeah, I don't know if there are shortcuts to it, but I also feel like I don't want to get suckered into the like wouldn't want to i i'm a person who would wind up doing oh i gotta get all the stuff to do the thing mm-hmm. in a way that i would spend too much money for garbage so i don't know i do know this though well you know your skin's important and you should take care of it yeah. i am i am the one who always has to kind of rattle the make noise about everybody in this household putting sunscreen on mm-hmm. when we're going outside um for my kids my wife and for me Especially I bypass my, that by never going outside. That's one way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wear uh, jeans and long shirts and hats. Mm-hmm. Just never let the sun touch my body. But uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a it lot. Is a lot. It is a, a commitment. Lot. But your face but will thank you. Gotta live with it. Once you realize you gotta live with it forever. Yeah. Just the whole thing. This is this the money will- maker right here. I can't let this go too far. Because <laughs> if I, if it really, if it goes. Yeah. I got I got nothing left. Yeah. Anyway, moisturize. Your body will love you. If anybody has any good tips, message me. Uh, easy tips that don't require any time. That's podcast at nextlander.com. If you <laughs> have right. great moisturizing <laughs> tips for one Vinny Caravella. Um, I think I had like pretty decent, luckily, knock on wood, aside from my teen years, pretty decent skin. So I was able to avoid it for a while. And then I think as I get older, now I'm getting a lot of drier skin. And oh, yeah. Oils are drying up. Just slap that pizza. Every Friday when I have pizza, I'll just take that pizza and rub it right on my face. Mm-hmm. Rub it on my what face. What could go wrong? Yeah. What could go wrong? I was hoping, I was hoping like, oh, maybe I could wait it out until my son or daughter get it way into it. And then like I could just kind of piggyback like I do most things on their knowledge. That's so just like, oh, what are you guys doing? What's a, what, what do you, uh, what kind of, what should we buy? And then, but they, they're, that's too long to wait. My son's only 11. It's probably got like at least two more years until he would get into any of that stuff. I don't think your son's going to get into moisturizing. Like, I don't know that much about what the, the kids are up to these days, but I'm pretty sure skincare is generally not the, the number kids one. Kids are smart. Kids are smart. They're smart, but they also don't have a lot of expendable income to throw around. And that's where you really get tripped up there. But they do have birthdays. I remember buying my cousins. If you buy me skincare for my birthday, <laughs> you're not getting invited back to my party. <laughs> Wait, no, kids kids want that stuff. No, they don't. Yeah, sure no, they do. No, come on. They, they want... want a gift certificate to anthropology or whatever. Is that a place that, that I remember buying that for my cousin? Like, no? Anthropology? Is that, do they sell stuff? Yeah. Okay. But do the <laughs> kids go there still? <laughs> T- tweens and teens? Tweens and teens, they love it. Ah, they're all fucking buying Roblox bucks and fucking 
you know, goddamn Nirvana t-shirts for $80. I, they're fucking, they don't care about that shit. Kids are smarter than you think. They understand the ravages of time uh, uh, more than more than we ever did. Well, they've watched it happen to us. So that's yeah. right. They've not only watched it happen to us. They probably have looked at this planet and be like, "No, you got to take care of your shit." Yeah, and like because you weren't because <laughs> you because <laughs> you were it. Somebody needs to moisturize the goddamn Earth <laughs> because <laughs> moisturize <fucked> the planet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about on today's show. We're going to talk a little bit later about, uh, Alex's time in, uh, uh, Detroit in RoboCop in, uh, uh old uh, Detroit, please. Old, sorry. Yeah. Old Detroit. Uh, some cocoon, maybe some payday three in there, maybe some more, but first let's start with Assassin's Creed, a mirage, a game that came out or pretty much was playable uh, the day of recording the podcast yes. uh, last week. Did not get a lot of time in it last week, but we've had some more time since then. Um, if you're going to go to Baghdad, uh, you should uh, moisturize. Well, Seems yeah, like- I mean, it's it's dry out there. It's it's the desert. Speaking of, speaking of things being dry, how about that Assassin's Creed Mirage content, huh? Ooh. <sighs> Ooh. Man. Mm. This one's... Mm. Okay. I haven't finished it yet. I'm, yeah. I don't know. I'm probably like seven hours in at this point, something like that. Maybe a little less. I'm about 10. I checked okay. mine before we came in here. Uh, I, there are things I appreciate about this game. I don't mind the smaller scope of it. I think that the, the choosing to focus on Basim, who is one of the few genuinely interesting, albeit very weird characters of Assassin's Creed Valhalla was a good one. And I like the setting. I just don't think any of the story content they have written for this is particularly interesting so far. I agree. I am interested in the larger, big key plot points, like maybe the ending of this game. Mm -hmm. But so far, Mm. all the in-between stuff has been pretty bland. I've kind of just been buttoning through a lot of it. And I, um, it's, I mean, the, the ending though necessarily has to just feed into Valhalla, right? Well, yes. it sounds like from what you set up, Alex, last time, I'm curious to see how we get to Valhalla, to what the events in Valhalla. So, um, or even you know. if we really do, because again, a lot of what happens with Basim in that game, which I'm not going to repeat the spoilers again, you know, they're in last week's show if you want to find them. Uh, a lot of that stuff kind of comes toward the end of that story. And, you know, a lot of what Basim does throughout that game is kind of in the background. Mm hmm. So I'm like, I'm not even really sure exactly how much of that stuff they would get to in this. If this really is just a standalone thing of like, here's how Basim joined the assassins, which is just about the most like run of the mill way you could have approached what is a fairly batshit character. Uh huh. And it's, it's like, I don't necessarily, I'm not, I don't hate that they did that. I just kind of want there more than what they're giving me here, which is to say. So far, a very by-the-numbers origin story for a character that feels like most of the interesting stuff about him does not really come to light until you're about 80 hours into Valhalla. And so, okay, well, from my experience with prior Assassin's Creed games and what I played of Origins, I did not play Odyssey, I did not play Valhalla, mm-hmm. um, they usually, there's like a um, a big uptick in 
things going off the rails in that last 10 to 20 percent maybe 15 percent so yeah so and neither of us are there yet but yeah we're not there yet so i am curious to see i mean they're talking about the order they're talking about these alien artifacts quote mm-hmm. unquote and they're talking about all this stuff it just for now though it is really just like Go talk to somebody, pop a bunch of icons on the map, go into mm-hmm. the place, either do it without being seen or or just go for full murder robot and then uh, assassinate somebody and then open up another. I'm still in the part, uh, Alex, you're probably still in the same part of um, opening up the remaining bureaus yes. in and around Baghdad and you yeah. just get these investigations per bureau. And so I've opened up two more of them, been doing the investigations as part of that, and it just doesn't, you know... It's just like nothing. The breadcrumb trail isn't very enticing. It just no. feels very checklisty. And I think that's what's kind of bumming me out is that they have they like again. I really like the setting. I think Baghdad is really you know it's well rendered and like the, the you know fairly bustling for the the scope of what they are doing here. But most of the characters I've met so far in the story have been kind of bland archetypes that you've seen in varying degrees throughout this series. You know, I'm not just talking about the assassins or, you know, the, the fucking order dudes, the order heavies and their masks and whatnot. Like, just the, the basic characters you meet all feel like just, we have a bulleted list of, of like, you know, side character archetypes that we pull from for all these games. And it's just hitting all those same notes. Like, yep. the origin story, like the beginning chapter where they kind of explain, like, why Bossom leaves where he is, leaves his his street family to go join up with the assassins and stuff, is like the most predictable shit in the world. And, you know, where it goes from there so far has not thrown me for a single loop. Like, it all feels like they're just going through the motions in a lot of ways with this. And maybe because this is kind of the last thing before they launch into whatever infinite or the Japan game or whatever the fuck it is they're doing with Assassin's Creed going forward. Maybe they don't feel the need to branch out too far from that stuff, but right now it's just, it's just kind of boring. And that's, that's really what's bugging me out because a lot of Valhalla was also kind of boring. And also there was way too much of it. I was hoping with this, like the scaled down size of it and kind of the, the scope they were working with, maybe they could find a way to just do a lot of killer and less filler. (laughs) <laughs> but no, it's still so far a lot of filler. Yeah, well, that, this, that, what you're saying and just about everything I've seen uh, online in terms of complaints about the game all sound like things people would feel about a game that was DLC and had to be stretched mm-hmm. out to a full game. Yeah. You know, like if this had been a new game from the ground up, they could have potentially done what you were saying by starting out and saying, hey, we're going to do a back to basics, like throwback to the original. We're going to make this like classic, like you said, like you know, constant excitement, blah, 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 whatever. But if, if they, if they were foisted, if they had the task foisted upon them of, Hey, you've been working on this DLC, guess what? It's full game now. Yeah. I could absolutely see how they just maybe had to scramble and fill it with whatever to turn into a full thing. And I think that's my problem is that there's just a little too much, whatever in here for what they actually have. Um, the, the structure of this is, is, maybe more reminiscent of AC one where you are in this kind of smaller town of bat or city of Baghdad environment. And (laughs) you have like five side quests at any given time, the pickpocket, the, the things for the, Mm -hmm. your friend, the, um, I don't know if you've gotten this one yet, Alex, but the, um, collectible crystals for the vault. 
Did you do that yet? Uh, I think I did, yeah. Or okay. at least I, I got started on, on yeah, that. Yeah, you get started on it. Um, there are pages like floating around that you can collect for the, the bookshop. Um, there are the historical points you can gather. And I do think some of the historical stuff is like well like well delivered like it's yeah. it, they're doing like a little tiny mini version of kind of some of the museum stuff yeah. that they did in the in the previous ones but you know it's there like they give you a little of that and I think that it's you know it, it's reasonably detailed but obviously they're working on a different scope here and then there are the gear chests and so this game has loot that is um you know pre-generated it's not like the dynamic loot fest that you no. get from the later stuff where it's like sword of the unkilling flame or something like that you're getting loot sets that have been are in chests and so i'll I'll say the thing i like about mirage is everything seems very manageable like Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm gonna i could beat this game i feel like i could 100 percent this game and not have to devote my life to it like sure it does seem smaller in scope but it is repetitive in a way that kind of ac1 had problems with yes um and that some of that is is in this game as well where when you Every district you get just has those same quests in it. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of like, okay, now find all the five things here, the five of this, five of that. And you just kind of run around and do them. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the whole game sped up exponentially for me when I realized like two or three things. One, that you can break barred doors from the other side. You can throw a knife at the barred door from the other side. And I was like, oh, Oh, you have to find a way. Oh, okay. That's how you solve these puzzles. Mm-hmm. And now that's done. Um, you can smash through some windows. So I was like, oh, okay. You can just, these are breakable objects. And I will say the damn movable shelf industry in Baghdad is blowing up mm-hmm. because everybody's got themselves a movable, slidable shelf, bookshelf. Uh, it is unbelievable how many houses just have a bookshelf you just pick up and slide across the floor. It yeah. Is, I've noticed that as well. It is so corny and dumb. Uh, I mean, corny and dumb is par for the course with Assassin's Creed and especially Assassin's Creed game design these days. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I knew going into this, it was not going to be up to the level of like, you know, like full gameness that some of these other, you know, recent Assassin's Creeds have been. But I didn't want that. I also wondered, like, does a throwback to the original style of Assassin's Creed play well with so much built-up cruft around that franchise in the ensuing years? And the thing is, like, it's novel to a point, but I think that they have not done enough to kind of flesh out that original design into something that is a little more interesting. You know, like there, there, there are elements of modern Assassin's Creed in there, but a lot of it does just kind of feel like. It feels old, like in a way that I think is somewhat intentional, but also sometimes just feels a little like rickety. You know what I mean? Feels, some of it feels clumsy to me. Yeah, like it's it's inelegant. Like the the AI seems dumb as bricks. Um, I mean, it always has been, but like I, you're right, it does feel a little dumber even than usual. Like I go in and I murder three people in front of all the guards, and I just run into a flower bed and hide for five seconds yeah. until they just like are like, oh, I guess I'll go back on my patrol. That, but I like I like this style of gameplay more than I like the other style, the more mm-hmm. kind of uh, combat focused ones. Um, once I got better at the parry, uh, and now that I've upgraded my daggers a bit and I have the blowgun, like things, things feel like they're just 
I'm just rolling over a lot of these guys. Like yeah. when I, if if combat breaks out, it's not a big problem. And it's uh, it's one of those it, things where, like, when I was watching you play before I had really gotten too deep into it, I was like, "Is this really going to be like a heavy on the parries mm-hmm. and the you know the dodges?" And then at a certain point, it just kind of isn't anymore. Like yeah. you barely have to focus on using that stuff, except for like the heaviest enemies, like a lot of time you really actually can just run up and mash the fucking sword button on people and it works just fine. I do. I still do a, a parry and, and stuff, but if I get overwhelmed, I just hide for five seconds yeah. and then I, I come back. The other thing that's interesting that I don't remember being in any of the Assassin's Creed games is, and maybe is new is that splinter cell um, mark target thing. Do you remember that? Uh, uh, what you mean was with that your thing? bird? No, no. Where you get the focus bar. Oh, could- right. Uh, and you ex- mark and execute basically where yeah. like you can uh, hold down R3 playing on the PlayStation and then um, you basically can tag it starts with two but you can upgrade it later yeah and you then hit you tag two enemies and then hit release and he just he just fucking like teleports over to them kills them and teleports to the next guy and kills so them. I think that is new and specific to this character good, um, old, good old Mark in execute haven't seen him in a while yeah <laughs> Yes. What what which Splinter Cell was that in? That was in one of the uh, ones I don't think I played through all the way. I don't remember. God, the Splinter Cells. Counter or something? Or a long time ago. I think it was the point. one where they did the projections of stuff on the bathroom walls, and I was like, that's cool. At least you do that more. Like was objectives that the third like that. one? Fourth and no, a fourth one. Was that Conviction? Conviction, that's, maybe. Sounds like maybe Conviction. Is that where he shaved I, his head and he was like all... I think so. Okay. Anyway, that's in this game. That's pretty neat, and I use that um, when it's filled up. Um, it's but I okay. Here's my thing, Alex. I just feel like there are zero stakes in this game. Like whether I kill everyone or sneak through everything, whether the order wins and I lose, I just don't even know what the stakes are. Like it just doesn't seem like there is a lot uh, hanging in the balance here. No, like they they haven't done a good job of telling you why the order is so bad i mean you know some of it if you've been playing the recent ones because the ro- the order or whatever version of the order that exists is is a is the recurring villain of the this last trilogy like there have been different versions of the order but like that they will eventually become the templars and in, in some form or another so like if you've played all three of those you kind of know generally what they're up to which is to say generic bad shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. You know, world we want order. artifacts, yeah. we want to take over the world, blah blah blah, what have you. Um but you're right. I think this one is not doing a particularly good job of painting what the stakes really mean. You're kind of left to just understand that like well, if you played Valhalla, you know what they're up to because they did a bunch of the shit and you you played through it and you you fought them and killed a bunch of them and all that. Um, here it just kind of feels like they're just a looming threat in the background, and when they do show up, they're just kind of there. Like this, like they set it up with like uh, Bossom's like crew of thieves that he runs with, basically in and out of this like group of kind of um uh um almost uh, Dickens Dickensian <laughs> moppets, right, that are running around in their thieving guild get killed right mm-hmm. and he's like so angry and then his childhood friends like they his childhood friend she they blow up at each other and they they go away but then it doesn't feel like that comes up anymore he kind of patches things up with his childhood friend and maybe she'll have a turn some point but everything seems like not that bad he doesn't seem damaged by it whereas back in like in Bayek, like when his 
family is murdered. It's, you mm-hmm. know, that's like hanging over his head the whole game. Yeah. Like it keeps coming up. You feel like he's on this mission. He's so angry. He's going to go get this revenge story. This doesn't feel much, doesn't have like a weight to it, you know? No. And I think the pro- part of the problem is that, again, what is most interesting about Bossom is something that does not really come up until toward mm. the end of uh, Valhalla. And it really has very little to do with his origins in Baghdad um, in the grand scheme of things. But I had hoped going into this that like maybe there's more dimension to this character beyond the big twist around him and all that stuff. And so far, I have not found much of that. I think that the big thing is that Bayek was a real ass character. Cassandra also was to a degree, though, like mm-hmm. when they, they split her and Alexios out into two different sort of narratives that are kind of the same. I think they kind of kneecap themselves there because they, they left in a position where it's like. Well, one of them is going to be good, and one of them is going to be bad, and mm-hmm. then and just that's the way the story is going to go. And then I, Ivor is barely a fucking character, <laughs> so it just feels like the more they have sort of like split out and compartmentalized these these different protagonists, the less interesting they become. Speed speaking of origins and Odyssey, I, I wish I had the infographic in front of me that somebody in Discord posted when we were streaming this game of the timeline of every Assassin's Creed game yeah. because I think there's like 30 of them now. <laughs> yeah, if you're including like, mobile like, and all that stuff, yes. Like like you open that that infographic and you just immediately close it. It's like, nope, nope. No, forget it. I'm not even going to try. They're running anyway, out of slots to did, put games in. Did, did I understand correctly that they went and made a game called Origins that's ostensibly about the beginning of the whole storyline and then turned around in the ex- very, very next game they made and set that game before Origins? Yeah, so the thing they did there was, I mean, Origins is about the origins of the Brotherhood, which is to say okay. that, like, you know, Bayek is essentially the one of the founding fathers of what is the, the Assassin's mm. Brotherhood. Odyssey is more about, again, I'm pulling from, like, memory, of, from somewhat distant memory of one of several hundred-hour games, but my recollection is that a lot of what you're doing in that one has more to do with uncovering the ancient artifacts and sort of like kind of the stuff around what is it the Isu the 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 progenitor race and all that the stuff precursor yeah type people. yeah the precursor people so it has more to do with the order which is essentially the founding like I think that that is where the order first appears and is sort of like the you know order of the ancients whatever they're calling themselves in that game that game is more about where the villains came from whereas Origins is more about where the Brotherhood came from. With the hidden ones, oh, yeah, then to the, the assassins guild, and then yeah, they start out as the hidden ones, um, and then you know, fucking uh, Valhalla comes along and just starts <laughs> mucking around with all of that and <laughs> becomes about just some shit, man. I again, I don't want to go into another long diatribe <laughs> about the shit that happens in that game, but some shit happens in that game. Okay. So I, um, I brought up the, I think I have that big timeline thing. I was trying to look for the latest game. And I guess that Russia one Chronicles game takes place in 1918. Oh, sure. Yes. So during the revolution. Yeah. And there's that one bit in syndicate where it flashes forward to, I think Evie's daughter in, in world war one. It's I think? yeah. It's like during world war one in Paris. Okay. So those are the ones that I think get as close to modern day uh, as they can without just being modern day. I, I what's the hmm, what is the what is the most recent historical period they could do without it just seeming like ah you're just doing present day stuff. This needs to be more historical than that. They I did French Revolution. They did well, a syndicate was the, the industrial revolution. Victorian. Yeah, that was like Victorian no, no, era no, no, London. Syndicate, yeah, it's just just Victorian, so 1800s. Okay. 
1800s. There's the Re- Revolutionary War in three. Oh yeah, okay. Like I, I, I don't. I feel like they could not get too deep into the 20th century before people would just be like, ah, this doesn't feel historical, or like this does not feel like antiquity anymore. Yeah, I feel okay. like World War II is probably as close. To the, if you did like a Vietnam Assassin's Creed, I feel like you're pushing it. But like a World War II, I think is probably the cutoff. Right. But here's the thing, though. Like we're we're again. Remember, our brains are kind of broken by the fact <laughs> that we were born when we were, and so those eras don't feel particularly old to us. Those eras are old, dude. World War II was like 80 years ago. Yeah, well, and I know, but even that is more recent than anything they've ever done. I think, yeah, but that's the thing is, I don't think they should be afraid of touching that stuff. I, th- I think the bigger thing to me is not necessarily the amount of time that passed. I think it's the, I think it's that, um, uh, uh, fast forwarding on technology, right? Like a person from World War II coming into, in, from like the 40s coming to our age would be blown away by the technology versus the person coming from the seventies coming into the 2020s might have more of an understanding with computers and things. So I think that's the bigger thing for me of like, Oh, once you get, once you get an assassin with a cell phone and uh, looking up the Templars on Wikipedia, then you're, you've got, well, also they've been but bouncing then they have the back modern and day forth. Stuff the modern too. day stuff, yeah. yeah. Which do they we got know in that now? Like it's fucking, it's crazy <laughs> in the, in the real world, but yeah, right. Yeah. But like, I why mean, not? Be, why not do be, something be, be, be. crazy? Where like, you know, like, I think my problem now, I mean, other than you know, kind of the the blandness of this game, I do wonder if like, why are they so like hinky about doing stuff outside of kind of these like big ticket historical eras? Well, that's exactly what I was getting at. To be clear, I was not taking a position on mm-hmm. what they should do. I'm just saying I think that's what the, the expectations are. I. Like I think I think that's part of the formula at this point that people expect there to be a much greater remove in the historical setting from modern day than what you would get with something in the 20th century. I, f- I don't know if you guys remember like Assassin's Creed one or two or whatever. They had like at some point there were pictures of all of these more modern i think like yeah. fdr and stuff with like the <laughs> apple is, and stuff you know dude this is taking me back to like sausalito basement when this franchise was new yeah. and we were actually mm-hmm. still excited about it but also we're like i think didn't didn't we like speculate that the third one was going to culminate with desmond just gaining all these powers in the modern day and that game would be modern day <laughs> right <laughs> like how naive when, we were well so, some of that kind of happened i don't know if you remember this is not i i am not calling spoiler on this but like Back when Desmond was doing the animus stuff, the powers were leaking through. Do you remember right. that? Yeah, yeah. and well, he, wasn't that, he wasn't was that just sort of like an like an ending sequence of one of those games or something. Yeah, like, that? like you had to escape something, and you suddenly had all the assassin parkour powers and stuff like that. Like there was there was bleed through, and he was learning. I, yeah, I, I I absolutely, if not suspected, at least hoped that they were going to be like, ah, oh, here's your modern day one as three yeah. as the culmination of the trilogy, and then they're going to do like futuristic assassin shit. Or something. See, that's but, what I, I want them. And that's that's kind of what I mean about them building the, at, at like like Alex put it, the big ticket historical settings into the formula. Like they seem to have integrated that as such a core Assassin's Creed concept that it's hard to see them getting away from it. So I, I think for me, the interesting things about Assassin's Creed in the story I remember was these big pivotal key moments in human history being influenced in this conspiratorial way, right? Like yeah. that was interesting where you're like, Oh, Alexander the great. What if Alexander the great had like mind control over everyone? And that's what was interesting about it. 
um, you had these, you know, oh, Constantinople. Like, what if you know Constantine had this, you know, you know these powers? <laughs> in, in retrospect, Da Vinci being your cue was like kind of the beginning of the end. <laughs> that yeah. was like that was the that was the that was the embarkation point for like extreme cheese in this franchise to me. I mean, I guess. Like, from- oh yeah, of course. I'm sure. Yes, of course. Charles Dickens is the one giving you your quests now. Yeah, I think around the time they have you GTA a fucking horse and carriage with Florence Nightingale. I was like, you know what? I'm, or what is it? I, whoever the 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 nurse lady is in in Syndicate, who's like you know kind of a famous figure. Like it's just it's. I think to me mm. the uh. <sighs> The his, the figures are the least interesting thing. Like the mm. oh, that's that famous guy, but he knows about the assassins and the Templars right. and all that shit. Like that stuff is the joke of that is very old now, and it's not novel or interesting when they introduce whatever historical figure <laughs> they do. And I think for me, I want them to try branching out into other settings that aren't just these big hist like. Set a fucking Assassin's Creed in like Cold War era Germany, you know, mm. like set a Assassin's Creed in fucking Morocco when like, mm. you know, like weird spy shit was happening. Set some shit yeah. in fucking 1960s Mexico, like just find an era that like isn't the most obvious fucking bright lights. Here's the thing from history class you remember and find a way to tell a story in those environments, because I think right now that's the kind of just slightly outside the norm thinking they may need to make this stuff interesting again. Yeah. It makes me think of the saboteur. Remember that game? Yeah. The, the pandemic, oh, yeah. the pandemic game, yeah. the open world set in occupied France. Yeah. Um, I have bad news for you. I went and reminded myself just now of what the roadmap looks like for this franchise. Yeah, I know the next game is feudal Japan. Yeah. The game after that appears to be Roman empire. Yeah. So, <laughs> They're, they're, you know, they're, they're committed. As Black, soon as Tsushima came out, I knew they were going to jump on the Japan thing, yeah. and they are. So, yeah, I, think, but, I mean, that's two games. That is, that is the the Japan game is Ubisoft, Ubisoft Quebec. Mm-hmm. The Valhalla team, the main team in Montreal, is doing that. It seems to be Roman Empire. That's what people are speculating based on the imagery they've put out. But anyway, that's probably the next. With the way games get made now, that's almost the next decade of these games. And then there's or the maybe not quite, but isn't it's there quite the, a few years? Infinity one? or whatever yeah, the fucking. Whatever it is. That apparently, thing is. Uh, yeah, I read up on that too. I think we talked about this back when this came out from Ubisoft Forward last year. But who can remember anything now? Um, that's like a hub. Yeah, apparently, it's going to be some kind of like it sounds like almost like an interactive launcher or something where you're going to be able to like collect all your recent Assassin's Creed games oh. into one Animus like interface and just sort of dip in and out of them from there for some reason. I tell I'm looking at this game's radar right up if Ubisoft forward from last year. And that's kind of how they're describing it. Effectively building an interactive hub that will function like the animus, allowing you to jump between different historical playgrounds while simultaneously progressing the modern day narrative framing. The modern day narrative framing is again, (laughs) the least interesting thing that they are continuing to do. And I'm not like, I had hope when they changed characters and they threw Layla in there. I thought, okay, maybe they have a, a notion here of something more interesting to do now that Desmond is not the focus here. And so far, the answer has been largely no, they do not. I think they they really they they have really focused on two main areas. I think like there is the all the games around because there are like four games around three i want to say right there's like um well there's 
There's the original. There's, you mean that first like trilogy? Remember they they made a trilogy of SEO games. Yes. So that was two. There, that's the so other. That's Brotherhood the other and Revelations, yeah. right? Yeah. Brotherhood yeah. Revelations and um, and three came along. And three and and three Black, had Rogue, right? Yeah, Black Liber- Flag. There was uh, Liberation, which is Freedom the, Cry. That was the uh, God. Was that a Vita game? That was a Vita. It was a Vita right? game that eventually got ported to consoles. Which one? That was Liberation. Liberation. Yeah, yeah, that eventually came out. But um, yeah, like for, I think around the time four is when they just started making spinoff and side games left and right. And yeah, because there's Rogue, which is a spinoff of Black Flag, which came out, I believe, at the same time. Uh, it was like a, I, I want to say right around the same time because that was when they made their what was then their next gen transition, and I think yes. they still wanted they wanted a game for the last gen consoles. Yes, yeah, and Rogue, Rogue was definitely the last gen console game. I think Rogue and Freedom Cry. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the timeline now. Rogue and Freedom Cry came out in 2014. Black Flag came out in 2013. Three came out in 2012. Liberation came out in 2012, and then Unity came out in 2014. And then they kind of wrapped up their 18th century. Yeah, like so. Basically, Unity was a historic disaster. <laughs> no pun intended. If you remember, oh, no, yeah. I remember. I reviewed it. Is- Syndicate was already too deep into production, I'm sure, to put the brakes on that when Unity foundered. So they went ahead and got Syndicate out there, but then that was when they took their big break. There's truly then, nothing more mystifying to me than the people that are trying to say, actually, Unity was good. No, it wasn't. Like, they did fix it at a certain point, but also the that game had the single worst protagonist of just about any of these games so far. But then it looked very good. It, then it was nice, but it was janky at that launch, and also the mission design in that game was not great. That's kind of where I started. That's kind of where I got off the train. Uh, yeah. Unity. I didn't play Syndicate. I played some for for work. Uh, but then after Syndicate's when they started bouncing around. That's when or that's when they rebooted, right? That's Origin Odyssey. After Syndicate, yes. Yeah, after Syndicate. And, and Syndicate was good. Is the thing like they 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 rebooted not necessarily at their lowest point. Like Syndicate and Black Flag were both very good games. <sighs> well, anyway. Now we're at Mirage, which yep. will put a put a kind of a coda on Valhalla, and then I'm curious if with this feudal well, Japan one, if they kind of no, you don't think they're done with Valhalla? Well, <sighs> done is such a weird word to use here because there is the whole aspect of those games, which is again the modern day stuff, and where they leave things with Layla is uh in a state. Sorry, I mean more of the. Um, time period like we'll see like the the 800 like the ninth century stuff. yeah but i will say i also don't think uh we have maybe heard the last of basim uh following okay whatever is going i mean again we'll see how this game wraps up but like i feel like with that character is probably not done done after this but i wonder if they'll block out i wonder if the, they'll go back to more of the four games in a in a certain time period once they get back to japan like if we'll get Assassin's Creed, whatever, what will be five? If they put a number on it, even they won't. Uh, and I'm you think telling, it'll just be Japan. I, I, I really hope that if they are going to try and tie that stuff together, they have something worthwhile to tie it all to. Because that's been the bigger problem for me with that last trilogy is that while I think some of those individual games were good, the larger narrative they were trying to spin out from those is not interesting at all. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I mean, even even just taking the mainline games into account, the next one would be like what Assassin's Creed Eleven or something, <laughs> something like that. If you were to if you were to count like Odyssey and Origins as a number, yeah, yeah. those yeah. definitely are mainline games. Yeah. 
Yeah, they should just stop with the numbering. It would be like, hey, let's well, they haven't done one in a while. Is the thing like they yeah, they have not yeah, used a number was, in some time. Black Flag was the last one. Did Black Flag even? Yeah, have it was a Assassin's number? Creed was Four was, Black was, Flag. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, Assassin's Creed, uh, Mirage. I well, I like the scope and the scale, and the I like the some of the mechanics. It does feel a little thin and also just not narratively compelling. Like a little that's, bland. That's a little bland. A little bland. But I think I'm going to try and finish it. Like, yeah. Say, like, my negatives aside, there is very much a checklisty thing about it that is very easy to just point Bassam in the right direction, hold down X, go. And when you get on a murder tear, it's pretty satisfying to just wipe everyone out. It's, yeah. The really zero consequence we're just going into a, a, a restricted area and just wiping out everybody yeah. uh, in that thing. At least not one that I find. You do get contracts that say don't kill anybody um, to get the full bounty on the contract, and I'm glad they have a quick save in that game because I just quick save before I go in there and, and do my contract. Uh, that's Assassin's Creed Mirage. That is out now. What was it? $50, right? I think it's 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah good on them. I mean, probably said it already, but, you know, good on them for not at least pushing it to 70 bucks if it, if they didn't feel it was a full thing. Yeah. I'll, I, I remember somebody saying when we were streaming it on Friday that it's, the game, I, they think, was only like 25 hours-ish or so. Um, I'll see where I net out maybe after this weekend and whatnot. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk uh, maybe some RoboCop. Uh, drop it. D don't move. Uh, I don't know. RoboCop quotes. Stick around. We'll I'll be right back. I'll think of some while we're on yeah, break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. And we're back. And let's talk about the RoboCop Rogue City demo. Alex. Am I, you, our, am I our RoboCop expert? You are, I think, out of this room, the RoboCop right. expert. Would you buy that for a dollar? You know, I might, actually. Okay. okay. Maybe not okay. The, the demo, but the full game. I might <laughs> I might have to consider it. So this Better is live. Uh, you are podcasting with me. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, what, uh, can, can, uh, can you fly in the demo? No. Okay. No, that's a RoboCop 3 thing where they give him a jetpack. Oh, okay. It sucks. Okay, oh, well, there's, 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 can you fly Bobby? Well, there's also, mm -hmm. can you fly Bobby? Yes. But can you fly Bobby? So far, no Clarence Boddicker in this game. I mean, he does canonically die in the first one. So, I don't so where is this taking place? That I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, maybe there, someone can, can clue me in. Nuke is involved. So I assume it's somewhere huh. in the, the neighborhood oh. of RoboCop 2. Interesting. Um, and the, okay. Couple of things. Uh-huh. I am our neighbor, uh, our, our resident <laughs> RoboCop expert, specifically because of my history with RoboCop video games, and one in particular, namely the Titus Interactive uh, early two thousands one, which is one of the worst video games ever made. Go watch the video, folks. Yeah, or one of them. There's two. I, there's the video mm -hmm. review, and then there's the game spotting live video I did around that. It's two <laughs> two different ones. I got a lot of content out of that game. Um, I also love that first movie, and that second movie is pretty good. RoboCop 3 can fucking eat my ass, but, uh, you know. How about the reboot? How, how do you waste Rip Torn and Robot Ninjas? Wait, Rip you make Torn RoboCop is in RoboCop 3? 3? Yes. He's the head what? of OCP in that one. What? I didn't Damn. know that either. Should I don't we watch RoboCop 3? Yeah, I mean, I've at some point, it. but it's not good. Let me let me just double, triple emphasize. RoboCop 3 is extremely not good. I haven't, I haven't even seen 2 since it was, like, new-ish. 
Two's all right. Two at least has the spirit, if nothing else. Still, it's still fucking weird to me that that's an Irvin Kirshner film. <laughs> yes, the director of Empire Strikes Back made RoboCop two. All right, so that's my my basic history here. And uh, when when I learned that they were making a new RoboCop first person shooter, my first immediate response was why? Um, you know, like one, not a great history of RoboCop video games. Two, we are so far removed from the heyday of RoboCop that I'm like, who is this actually for? And presumably it's for the same people that would have bought that Rambo game from a few years ago or ter- mm. any Terminator games. Like people who are just just wanna just want that 80s shit. Anyway, you can give it to them. And that's fine. Let me tell you right now, this Robocop demo. Yeah. It's actually not bad. What that's, are you doing in it? That's that's amazing to hear. It's okay. I, by amazing, to be clear, by amazing, I mean like baffling. <laughs> Yeah, I had zero expectations for this thing. And let me tell you right now, it is not great, but it is competent in a way that I was super not expecting. Uh, They're trying for some things, maybe not necessarily hitting all of them, but as a, I'm going to say one or two generations ago style of first person shooter that also stars Robocop and actually Peter Weller, though I don't think they got any of the other actors from the movies. Mm. uh, They didn't do a bad job. From what I've played so far, it's like the the shooting is reasonably satisfying. There is more to it than just walking around shooting bad guys, though that part is reasonably fun. Uh, and it doesn't. I'm like, look, it's not a stunner, but it ain't bad looking. Robocop model's pretty good. And you're first person Robocoping. You are though. There's cutscenes where you know there is there's. You get to see RoboCop and the other characters. And there's a story. Like, there actually is kind of a story here, which is to say that, uh, you know, there's, like, a OCP shithead who is, like, saying, ah, if it was up to me, we'd scrap you, you know? RoboCop is having visions of his family again, so there's something weird going on with your uh, cyber chemistry. Uh, and, you know, like, Lewis is there, like, and, you know, is, is helping you in some of these missions. Uh, and... The also the desk sergeant guy from RoboCop, the the gruff guy, is also there. Though again, not the same actor. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's let me okay. Let me take you through the progression of the demo yeah, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you this is the demo, just, not the full game. Yeah, it's just the demo. But like, it opens on like this, you know, siege on a television studio where a bunch of uh, generic street punks, led by a guy who I'm going to say looks enough like the dude from The Prodigy that his estate might want to uh, sue. Uh-huh. His name is literally Soot, and he talks about setting fires. I'm telling you right now, that is the twisted fire starter. You are not fooling me. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, uh, he they take hostages at this TV studio, and they send RoboCop in, and so you're just kind of wandering through the hall shooting guys and rescuing hostages, and every once in a while you have to breach a door, which gives you a little slowdown time where you have to shoot the the bad guys before they shoot the hostages kind of stuff. Does it come up with little blinky things on the screen that's like hostile or criminal yes. or okay? It, yeah, so you have a scanner. If you're holding, like, I'm playing on PC, obviously. So like the if you hold down the right mouse button, uh, it just kind of scans the environment and it creates an outline of any enemy that is in the area. Okay. Um, the shooting has a decent amount of punch to it. You can use other guns other than Robocop's pistol, though that thing has infinite ammo. If you ever run out of ammo with the other stuff, you can only hold one other gun at a time. RoboCop uses other guns? Uh, not usually, but I mean, he's <laughs> okay. capable of it. All right. You know, there's, there's the one. Yeah, there's yeah. the one in RoboCop 1 where he gets the big RoboCop like, elephant gun thing <laughs> that he uses to blow some shit up. Oh, oh, you mean, oh, you mean the Cobra assault cannon? Yes. 
thing that can kill him, that can destroy an entire car in one shot. Yes, that stuff is is uh, there. Also, the SUX six thousand is uh, a car yes, model yes, in yes. this. The six thousand SUX. I mean, this the kind of stuff we're talking about is kind of dancing around the question I actually have about this game, which is: is there any hint of intentional or overt satire in this game, as would be consistent with the film, or is this just like, is this just leaning into the power fantasy of being Robocop and playing it kind of straight? It has hints of it. I don't know that this writing team has the chops to really pull okay. out something meaningful, but like. You know, you're walking by, there's like TV adverts, uh, you know, like on the, on the TVs in the storefronts, like there's the, uh, you know, when you open, like there's the news, like when they raid the TV station, like the news anchor, a news anchor is reading news reports like they do in RoboCop the movie, uh, and they're all pretty grim, but delivered with, you know, kind of like a, a cheerful smile. So it is kind of that tone. I don't think any of the jokes have really hit for me so far, but they're also not like unbearable like they're not mm. groaners they're just kind of like all right whatever you're trying i give you that um I oh sorry go ahead well so then, then after that like once you go through that whole section like level section they throw you back into the police station and they kind of like let you wander around like there's a part where you are literally working the front desk and people are walking up to you with their crime problems <laughs> and you have to decide what to do with them like there's actual player choice and dialogue choice in this like the the idea of RoboCop getting subsumed into the bureaucratic machine of mm -hmm. police work actually is hilarious. Like <laughs> setting aside the image of him sitting at a desk processing intakes, yeah, or whatever. Um, the thing the thing I was gonna say, like this just jumped out at me from watching a few minutes of footage. Like I have not seen a ton of this game, but like even if they're not intentionally going for the kind of satirical stuff from the movie, I look the, the way the action itself came off to me seemed like it was unintentionally kind of achieving the same effect. Because that pistol is so over the top and like, mm -hmm. and like hearing that it has infinite ammo was like, of course it has infinite ammo because like all I've seen in this game is walking around picking tufts up by the neck yeah. and throwing them into other gang members mm -hmm. across the room and like geysers of blood shooting out of people's heads as you walk around the room, just in, like wasting everybody around you with impunity. Like it seems like it's hitting that same ridiculous ultra violence that the movie went for even if it's doing it even if it's trying to offer like a, i can't believe i'm saying this much about a fucking robocop game yeah. demo. But you know you know what i mean though like yeah like it seemed like it was achieving that effect whether it meant to or not it's it's goofy and the thing is even if i don't think like it's really particularly sharp satirically like it knows what it knows what is good about robocop even if it can't necessarily replicate that in full form uh, it is, it is, it at least is having some fun with it and trying not to be just, just pure power fantasy, which was one of the many sins of that awful, awful Titus game <laughs> is that it had no sense of humor at all. Uh, it was just kind of garbage. Uh, though, I mean, look, there's a couple of level design things in there. I feel like cruel jokes by the developers, but not necessarily uh, satire. Like there was a lot of things wrong with that game, but it had absolutely no sense of like what the satire of Verhoeven or any of that stuff was. It's the same thing like those Starship Troopers games always ran into is that like mm -hmm. no one seems to have the chops to pull off what those what what Verhoeven was doing. And when they try, it just kind of tends to fall flat on its face. I think here, like they're joking around and they're fucking around and they're definitely leaning into the, you know, it's RoboCop just like shooting guys and then falling over rails in the most ridiculous way. You shoot a guy in the arm and his whole arm just flies off kind of stuff like it's ultra violence, but it's stupid ultra violence. And I think that is probably the right tone to strike for this. 
is OCP like, um, are they just a bunch of assholes? Yeah, they're still a bunch of assholes. They still run the police department. Uh, the guy who is your current handler at OCP seems like a real dick bag. But <laughs> a so, dick okay. Jones bag? But then after that, after the police station stuff, they send you back out. And so you're just wandering around this section of the city for a little while in this demo. Uh, and you have a main objective, but you can also kind of like, you know, you can write parking tickets. Like you can, <laughs> you know, you can uh, bust people for doing graffiti. Like there's a lot and you have a little degree of choice within that. Like, do you want to throw the book at them, which is to say, you know, find them however much money or do you want to say let them off with a warning? And like, so if you let one of them off the warning, that person might come back around at some point and potentially help you. It seems like uh, it. I None of that is seen in the demo. I assume that comes later. But so there is like a little bit of kind of you're wandering around this environment. It's not an open world, but it's an open level. And, you know, you're kind of moving from place to place doing the main objectives, but also kind of handling some other stuff along the way. Uh, the description for this on the Steam page says it takes place between two and three, which maybe sounds like the right choice. It's the post-nuke environment uh, while also keeping uh, Lewis alive, which is one of the many sins of three is that they kill her off pretty early in that movie. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with RoboCop 3. And I don't mind spoiling it because it's all garbage. Um, <laughs> but... You know, having Lewis there is kind of nice, though. Again, I I don't I don't know if it's the same. I don't. Is it Nancy Allen? I can't remember that actress's name. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't sound quite like her, but also like it has been many years, so maybe it is her. I don't know. It's definitely not the same desk sergeant. Uh, Nancy Allen is the actress. Oh, it is her. Oh, so is she in uh, the game? Um, I can go check her IMDb and see if she has a RoboCop the video game. Sorry, you said Peter Weller is in this? I believe he is. Yeah, yeah it, is, is, it is in fact Peter Weller. How is the voice? Uh, you know, he's aged, but like he's in it and I feel like he's not sandbagging it. Like he doesn't sound bored. He sounds like he's trying to give it the right kind of robotic performance and I think it mostly works. Like it's just nice to hear him. Like, And he seems like he's enjoying doing this, which I think is the only thing I really want from a game like this is the actors who are involved not to sound like they they're just there for the paycheck and he doesn't apparently a lot of strife between him and Verhoeven on the set yeah Verhoeven's kind of a madman and Weller is I think not so I think I can yeah, see well, how that might have have ooh. gotten a little weird I mean it might be it might just be the one documentary I watched and their angle on it but they, they actually kind of portrayed Weller as maybe taking the role a little too seriously in terms of what he wanted to do with it yeah and not you know yeah they they did not see eye to eye on how the character should be played well, I think that's more but, what it is, is that Peter Weller is very serious about yes. any role that he takes. Yes, and, that's what, that's, yes. and I think Verhoeven's sensibilities were like a little too, uh, you know, all over the place, maybe for like his personality. Would, did Peter Weller come back for three? No, no that's oh, the one okay. he's not in. Oh, OK. Interesting. Actually, is he in? T yeah, he is in two. He, he is in he? two. Yeah, he's definitely not in three, though. Hmm. Hmm. There's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of things wrong with RoboCop three. <laughs> that's that's the uh <laughs> i had more fun with this demo, demo yeah. than i did with robocop 3 uh let me double check before we finish up with robocop but that is uh scheduled for november 2nd to yeah. release so soon yeah and i will say that demo is longer than i thought it would be i kind of thought at the end of that tv station they were just gonna be like thanks for playing and it's like no here's another hour and change of stuff you can do and I think it's smart that they did that because it lets you see that there is more here than just running around shooting guys, shooting guys that look like fucking Bill Paxton in Terminator. Uh, they have, um, 
they ha- they have a pre-order bonus. I was trying to see what would you want from your the RoboCop gun. Rogue City Alex Murphy edition. The gun, but they won't give you that because they'd have to sell a bunch of fake guns. The the pitch black version of the Auto 9 weapon, the blue armor from the movie RoboCop 2 cosmetic is what you get in the pre-order. And then for the, uh, looks like Alex Murphy edition, you get stuff that is too small for me to read. Okay. Uh, the OCP shotgun, uh, some other weapon. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think gun cosmetics or guns and in, in cosmetics are necessarily enough to justify spending a bunch of extra money on this game. <laughs> the guns so are not ca- that interesting. They're just, they're, they're okay. This game is also 50 bucks, uh, yeah. at least on the PC. Um, I mean, it does not look like a big budget current AAA production. It feels like it is at a lower scope than that. But for that lower scope, if you come into it with kind of a, the mentality of, hey, this is kind of plays like a, a shooter from a couple of generations ago and looks like it, it's not bad for that. It's so funny. Every, every time I see footage of this thing on the Steam page, it looks like... Um uh a, whatchamacallit a uh a time crisis um you know yeah i mean it's it's a shoot 'em up you know it's like uh guys pop out of fucking you know yeah, right like, yes exactly. like closets and various doors and then you <laughs> from, just shoot the hell living hell out of them from under desks like yeah. on rails just shooting gallery uh that is robocop rogue city again the demo up now that probably demo will probably up then Maybe until this game releases. Maybe, but Steam uh, Fest is only supposed to be a week. I'll tell you right now, I I had zero expectations for this thing, and having played this demo, I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to play this full game. Okay. So that is like the best thing I can maybe say about it. I am curious to see it. That's also coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, Brad, uh, you played some Payday 3. Yeah, I dabbled with it. Game that uh, maybe it is underselling it to say has had kind of a rocky response uh, uh rocky launch it? is what i would say yeah. yeah i think the servers were basically on fire for like a week matchmaking was very broken the first week yeah um yeah I, I i jumped into it with some friends a little bit in advance of us checking it out on friday and all right so yeah i may have played payday one and or two at some point in the distant past but it's been so long i may as well not have okay but what we did play a few months ago was a game called Crime Boss Rocky City. God, we did we ever. We certainly did. And so I actually fulfilled the stupid joke of coming to Payday 3 and playing some a couple rounds of it and going, oh, so this is a Crime Boss-like. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> they made a Rocky City-like. They should put you in prison for something like that. <laughs> it very much is that. Um, I'm not apologizing. Much- so you said you you have probably have played some Payday in the past, but um, when you got to Payday Three, having played Rock A City or uh, Crime Boss, did it feel like they were doing anything kind of outside of the heist? It, it is very much like the first scenario we got was go in the bank, case the joint, mm. try to play cool around the guards, see if you can sneak in the back and find the card, the key card to get in stealthy like. Or you could just hold G and put your mask on and start shooting everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? And then, Did- you know, there's all kinds of group objectives of like, okay, you went loud, SWAT is pouring in, but you also need to work together to ferry all this, all this thermite from the parking lot to where you're trying to burn your way into the uh, vault and then go in there and get money. You know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we, did, we did one other scenario that was on a bridge. 
where you're kind of like holding up a construction crew to intercept a delivery or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, there's there's the variations. What I remember of playing Pay- Payday, it's like it's always a heist of some kind, but it is there. There, it's obviously not just bank jobs. There's a lot of different like kind of things that you're raiding uh, over the course of those campaigns. Yeah, it looked like we had access to not not access to in that we could pick any of them, but there were eight scenarios like kind of on the list. Some mm-hmm. of them were still locked, but it, that's I don't know if there's more than that in the shipping game or not. I mean, I'm sure they will be filling two, it out over time. Payday two is still huge after like a decade. I'm sure they're going to keep adding stuff to this for ages. But so can you still play Payday two? Yeah, as far or as is I it know. one of those things? As far as like, I know, uh, I think you can still play Payday one. Yeah, yeah those mm-hmm. should still be fine. Um. You had four people when you were playing? Yeah. We were thinking, you know, for people who are playing Payday, we were thinking about playing with um, three people. If there are any problems with that, if people want to message us and be like, no, you definitely need a fourth or something. Because, Alex, you probably played the most Payday, too. But I only really played with four people, so. Played with four people. Yeah. Um, Uh, Maybe we can scare somebody up. I would hope it scales the difficulty. That's the thing, yeah. To the number of players, but there are, like I said, there are things where... If you had a fourth person, that's an extra body to carry more thermite or another bag of money or whatever. So, um, uh, it's it's. I assume this is par for the payday course. It is kind of capital D dumb. It seems to me. Oh yeah, like just kind of like the way the AI acts, the patrons and guards in the bank, and like at one point, some kind of cyber ninja, like Metal Gear Solid style, showed up and just started wailing on us in a bank. That's a new one. For example, uh-huh. that's a new one for me. Also, that ninja took me down and just kept hitting me. Like I, I was down, but I still was seeing from my downed perspective. Just kept wailing on me Oof. <laughs> for minutes until somebody <laughs> came and killed him. It was weird. I I am curious. I've heard some stuff or read some stuff about the progression being kind of funky or like it, tough, grindy. That was the other thing I was going to say. It seems extremely grindy. You start with two guns or three. I can't remember. You definitely start with a rifle and a pistol. You may also have a shotgun, but I think you actually have to buy that shotgun. I think it's literally two guns to start. And yeah, you have to. It seemed like I'm trying to think you might have gotten enough money to buy that shotgun after a, like one su- good successful run. But I actually mm. can't remember. It might have taken two runs. Mm. Like it very much seems like you are going to have to earn a lot of money to buy guns. You're going to have to grind a lot of experience because there's different kind of class tracks that you unlock um, special abilities and stuff in. Mm-hmm. But even then you have to like pick which one you're quote unquote researching. It's like, oh, I want to research this whatever this engineer class and then then the xp will go toward that class right. as you grind it out yeah it seemed pretty grindy so when i went back i just went back and looked at some payday 2 <laughs> reviews to see if people are like i can't play it or whatever it's mostly people doing the joke of payday 2 is like payday 3 but really good so mm. i wonder if having all of them up I- i'm curious to see how many people are moving over to payday 3 how many people are sticking around in payday 2 if they're running, you know, concurrent versions of this game, at some point you start watering down your play base and your, you know, your monetization, let's say in each game, but it sounds like these games are monetized in a way. Maybe they don't have to worry about it. And payday Two, extremely popular, extremely mm-hmm. successful is the thing. True. Very popular. 
uh, were the Steam user reviews like weren't they over, over overly negative at one point? They were they very were. Uh, very negative. Okay, yeah. They've so shifted over to mixed. They're, they're now they're now mixed. So I guess people are maybe coming around on it some. Yeah. Uh, it does say forty percent of the thirty one thousand user reviews are positive. So uh, that sounds like a mixed mixed to Can't me. Can't beat that. Yeah, it, it was okay. Like I didn't, we didn't we did not come away from it. Didn't. Played it for two hours and then we're like, oh, okay, what are we playing next week? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, it, it seems fine, but like nothing super. Not the one you want to stick to. It's not, not super groundbreaking. Yeah, I, I'm better, curious. Better to than check Crime Boss, I think. Well, it'd be a real achievement to be worse. Look, is Crime Boss, are Crime Boss reviews mixed? <laughs> I'm going to say they are probably somewhat worse than that. Did uh, that ever come to Steam or is no, that that's still not on Steam? No, it's still on Epic okay. only. Um, that is payday three. We're going to try that out on Friday. Um, maybe with four, maybe with three. We'll see. We'll see what the, the balancing is there. Again, if people know more about, and they definitely do payday than we let us know. Uh, we're lean on you, Brad payday three expert. Brad shoemaker oh, yeah, takes us me. into <laughs> payday three. Do we yeah, need to play? Me. That's me. Skip the tutorials, jump right in yeah. and start playing. Do you know if, um, I was just going to ask, do we, is there a kind of lead in thing where you jump into a mission and have to make it through single player? No, like, no you can skip. Okay. It, it definitely asks you somebody, somebody should probably play the tutorials. Yeah. I'll, I'll try you can, and get through. You can skip them. Uh, payday three. Uh, I finished up cocoon. Uh, that game is not extremely long, but it, you know, I've heard like six to eight hours, depending on how stuck yeah. you get. Can bend your noodle a little bit. Uh, I really like that game. I I think it's it's one people should check out. It's on Game Pass if mm-hmm. you, if you're a subscriber there. We talked about it a bunch before, so I won't belabor it. I'll just say that I think it ramps up in a very nice way towards the end in terms of keeping the mechanics somewhat fresh, even though you're generally doing similar things throughout the game. They intensify things in a way that I enjoyed the challenge uh, towards the end of that game as well. Some um some more dexterity based things towards yeah, the end of that game. That's kind of the thing. I I I thought I was going to finish it for this week. Uh, a a lot of life has happened in the last week, but like I kind of bounced off is a strong word, but there's been a couple times that I hit a point where I was just like, I don't know if I'm enjoying this this style of puzzle as much as I was the first half of the game, and kind of just turned it off a couple times that I've played it. Mm. Like where the, where they get like dexterity but also timing based like like maybe it's just the point i'm at maybe it gets better later and i need, need to just push through it but like there, there's some puzzles where there's like timing and dexterity involved and also like s- some things that are not explicitly on screen at the same time that you kind of mm. have to worry about a little bit you know what i mean and like some it's hard to it's hard, hard to explain without just talking about specific puzzles i guess but like i they're like a couple spots where they kind of like expected you to do things that you felt like you hadn't been doing before. And that I kind of just assumed were not part of their sort of puzzle design vocabulary, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Like, like I, I went and looked a couple things up cause I was like, fucking, I don't see anything else to do here. And then it was like, Oh, you wanted me to go back to what I consider the last puzzle that I already finished. Yeah. And like grab a thing and pull it over toward me. Like, I feel like up to, up to a point, the puzzles feel very self-contained. It's like, Hey, like kind of that this, this this siloed off puzzle is the puzzle and you're going to solve it and then you're going to move on to the next one. I do feel yeah. like they break that once you have all the orbs and you're in the like last 
yeah. um, the last chapter, and then they kind of yes, I feel like all bets are off in t- in terms of what you're nesting inside of other right. things and yeah, what like, what can permeate through worlds and what cannot. And yeah, I mean, I think I said this exact thing last week of like, hey, just like think about what things you could mix up with what other things, and then I went and immediately broke my own advice or whatever. But there's just been a couple spots where I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize like the stuff I've already done a couple minutes ago is still technically within the scope of this puzzle. And I need to go back and like pull a thing over. I absolutely had to look a thing up, um, or at least one thing because you can app and it's one, again, it's one of those games where coming back to it. If you took a break, you're like, the fuck was I doing that? That also did not help. Mm -hmm. Um, like what world had I explored? Cause when you have all the nested worlds to explore and you're mixing and matching and pulling things in and out, I just got completely stuck on one part where, um, you know, sometimes you have to come back to a thing later. And I was like, how do I get past this? It turned out it wasn't supposed to be at that part yet. And I was trying to really brute force my way. And there was a whole other path and it becomes a cut. You have to have the right combination of things in the right sequence to get through parts. And I just was one off on that Mm. juggling trick. But, um, that only happened to me a couple of times. And then there's, there are, I think the, dexterity stuff the timing stuff could be a little funky i never had too big a problem with it but there are things that are just like that's (laughs) fun and annoying i don't know if that makes sense there are things that are fun but also like oh that's an asshole thing to do oh every time i hit this button this moves the other way oh okay Mm -hmm. like yes i know exactly what you're talking about like like uh it's like it's like it's clever but also like come on (laughs) yeah yeah um generally doesn't overstay its welcome and like once you get the hang of it i think it's okay but uh, definitely a great little game um i want to see the end of it just because like the presentation is so creative and everything it goes on maybe a little longer than i thought it was going to go on like once i had all the orbs and i thought i was near i thought i was going to finish it up at like 96 percent. that last four percent felt very (laughs) very long Mm. Uh, maybe it's just because the puzzles got a little uh more involved uh, that is Cocoon. Again, that's on everything uh, and on Game Pass. Um, and then, finally, before we get out of games here, we, the normal people, have been playing a lot of uh, Remnant 2. I said I wasn't going to bring it up, but you... I did. I was I, like, okay, well, if you want to talk about it, I'll happily talk about I it. I more wanted to talk about uh, the sit- the Remnant 2 situation more than the game, where uh, I feel like... <laughs> It became very clear in our last stream that two out of the three people have gone down a remnant hole uh, where it is all about the spreadsheet of things you can get and the Dude, branching somebody, paths. Did you see that spreadsheet I on the Discord? I did see that spreadsheet. That thing's incredible. I have made a copy to my own uh, uh-huh. my own drive um, versus are we here to have fun and play this game and just run around and have a good time? Or are we, no, we are here. And remnant agrees. I think with me and with Brad that no, you are here to go back in and see every permutation and get the good stuff because remnant two has built into it, the adventure mode to reroll these worlds. And, uh, it's very funny to me now that, um, it's, got a quality to it that just makes you want to go do the dumb dark soulsian stuff that's in it that is impossible to just stumble into i'm gonna say impossible 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 yeah like i think i think we were seeing about 10 percent of what is in that game just running through it without looking anything up 
Mm-hmm. So uh, the incident and I was that, really enjoying that ten percent. <laughs> the incident that occurred was uh, we were doing a thing. Um, we had received an item uh, like a um, a material that when you turn it in through very obscure dialogue checks, one will give you one item, and then refusing will take you down another path to get another item. And somebody in our Discord was like, "Oh, oh, hey, heads up! When you go to do this thing." You're going to have this choice to get these two items. Not really clear how you get the items. You're just going to have this choice. And then I think, Brad, you kind of accidentally went down the path of getting the one item we didn't necessarily want as much. Yeah, I mean, the mistake, A, we're streaming, so I was not exactly looking up wikis and like eyeballing specifically what to do. To be clear, the desirable item was an amulet. Yeah. Like the one that we wanted was an amulet. I believe the one we ended up with was a ring and there's the extra context of there are a fucking bajillion rings in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like way too many rings. So <laughs> the insult to injury that was added was not only did we not get the item we want, what we ended up with was another ring. But I think it, well, one, I think it was an amulet or a relic. I think, it I, think we relic? Wound up, I think we wound up with the relic, but like oh. also the relic, the amulet was something that was like reload time is faster and all of it, this is faster. And like the, the amulet and, and and to be clear, this is in a game that builds ammo scarcity into its basic design. Yeah. Not only does it make your reloads way faster, but it also takes basically half as much ammo to yes. reload the gun to full. And, and, the, and the relic wasn't terrible, but it was like, oh, okay. I'm pretty cool with the relic I have. The, okay. you know. I could have sworn it was a ring, but it, I guess not. Um, it might have been. But anyway, we were like, once we like Brad, you and I realized that we had gotten the wrong thing. I think our initial instinct was like, bail out. We'll like just reload the save and we'll go in. Four before it auto saves. <laughs> and I think, Alex, you were like, what the hell are you guys doing? Let's just play the damn game. Which was very funny to me, just in terms of where our heads are, and it cracks me up thinking it's about just, it. It's just, I'm like, I'm here for the experience. It's like, <laughs> if I don't roll into the perfect thing the first time around, that's fine. I can always go back if I feel like it, but you what? know, I just kind of want to see where things go. I don't need what? to get the most perfect item every time. What if I told you that by shooting faster and harder, we could play more of the game? <laughs> But it is, it is also a thing where, like, look, we might have, we may or may not have that amulet in the next session, also because we've replaced it because you can only have one amulet slotted at a time. Seemed like a pretty good one, but the game itself also has a side. Uh, Remnant Two has a side activity you could do to re-roll areas. Yeah, you can to re-roll just, specific worlds <laughs> to get other versions of them to get the stuff you missed. It's a wild game, anyway. Like that's I, mostly what I want. I, I genuinely, about. I think if we re-rolled. Uh, that world on put it on the lowest difficulty and skip all the side dungeons we could probably get that thing in like an hour hour and you a think half in an hour yeah i can't remember what the mainline stuff was we had to do it was like get some sparks it's not that or much like, right? so that. I, I finished my i did i swore i wasn't even gonna get into this this week i finished my second yesha playthrough which is the, the first world we did the kind of forest world yeah and you know each each world has two storylines and i did the second storyline that we had not seen on this first this first second run through it, you know, this first adventure. Yeah, yeah. Even doing this other storyline that we have already, that we had not seen. So I was seeing all new story content. It still felt like it went by really fast because probably two thirds of the side dungeons I got on that reroll were the same as we had already done. Okay. So I just skipped them. I just didn't even do them. So because you're just going to get materials instead of the item. Yeah. Anyway. You've already gotten the stuff unless there's like something out of there you missed the first time and you want to go back in and get it. You can, but I just, I just did what was required, basically, and it was like it did not feel that long. Did you did you wind up ever getting that save inspector to see what no, items are available in your save? Ridiculous! What a ridiculous game! Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awesome. It's a lot good. of fun. Um, I'm always curious to see when we get back together now 
what fun toys you have brought <laughs> brought back from your from multi-dimensional your yeah probably multi- probably won't have anything new next week with <laughs> spider-man we'll have spider-man to talk about next week and stuff so there's there's actual other games that need to be played mm-hmm. you'll be in um, some kind of spider suit slinging webs but eh, we'll see <laughs> if i end up if i end up making a run for that amulet i'll let you know okay please do um that i think is gonna do it for the games unless there's anything else i'm missing you guys get into anything um i'm trying to think it was mostly assassins for me and um spider-man stuff we'll talk about next week so uh that's assassin's creed mirage robocop cocoon payday three and of course remnant two we're gonna take another break here and we'll be back and we'll be talking about the news what i'm just gonna say this weird new weird news little cycle weird little cycle very weird week for news (laughs) stick around we'll be right back and we are back and time for the news no you love it it's not you love i've never loved the news love it alex loves it brad you love it so much you put at least four to five great stories here that I love. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? Uh, can I interest you in the new PlayStation five? Same as the old PlayStation five, except it's $50 more expensive. <laughs> What's going on here? They did it. They did it. They're doing I can't it. believe they did it. I cannot believe they did it. Well, first of all, they did. They can, they, they did what reports sometime last year. I think it was had said they were going to do, uh, when they rolled out the first, uh, actual redesign of the PlayStation five and have moved to a modular design where the disc drive comes off. Now can be purchased separately. You can buy the digital edition buy the disc drive later. If you want the Blu-ray drive and just slap it on there. It's so that uh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. This PS five has no disc. Yes. God damn true. it. <laughs> God damn well, it. Well, nobody said, uh, well, nobody said discless here. And so mm. I just had to kind of force it in there. I mean, we Excuse did just me. lose Sony's Walter Peck. So <laughs> digital edition, please. Okay. Thank um, you. I think it was, was a Tom Henderson first reported that last year. I think that this modular design was coming anyway. This it's the first like phys- physical redesign of, of the console for this generation. The stuff always happens, right? There's yes. There's always a smaller or a bigger and more powerful or whatever. Like I think there were there, was, there were only ever two PS4 designs, but the PS3 got three of them. You know, yes. as 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 the guts get smaller, as they shrink the process of the chips inside or chip in modern contexts, they can make the console smaller, make it more cheaply, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they uh, fucking doubled down, though. <laughs> they had a chance. Mm-hmm. They had a chance to right a grievous wrong, and instead they doubled down. Now I will grant some out there may, may not care about the industrial design of video game consoles as much as I do, mm-hmm. but they just made it look like another PS5. And what the fuck, man! It like I'm. They really firmly, like that design. They really I'm pretty like firmly design. in. I'm pretty firmly in the camp of the PS5 is the worst looking PlayStation at this point. Ah, uh, I think okay. that. Okay, functionality wise. I have a certain affection for the PS3 fat, but yeah, in terms of look and function and like heft and yeah. sort of like where it where it fits on a shelf, I feel like the original PS3 fat is one of the uglier consoles it's, I've ever owned. Uh, like that's kind of that's really what it comes down to, honestly. And I will say I have spent an inordinate amount of time running around the uh, Astro's Playroom Labo mm-hmm. 
as recently as two weeks ago, <laughs> looking at all the PlayStations up close from the perspective of a tiny robot, thinking about this exact topic. And that uh, robot would it, know. <laughs> and I think it is down to the launch PS3 and the PS5. Yeah. I, and what I, do I you, think, how do you feel? Um, I will say my ranking, I think, I think it's launch PS2 slash, I think it's just PS2 in general in number one. Um, it's, I think the PS, I think the PS4 looks really nice. I think the PlayStation one nostalgia factor maybe edges out the PS4. Sure. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't have that, I would probably say PS4 number two and then PlayStation one and then the rest fucking whatever. <laughs> I, I do think I lo- the PS3 redesign, like the slimmer one. I think that that yeah. console got a lot nicer. Looking. Yeah. The, yeah. The, it, it is a little generic, but it definitely was like tighter than the, that, that <laughs> the backyard grill. Yes. yes. Launch PS3. I like the um, PS2 uh, redesign, the uh, with the flop top, the the pop up top, the slim. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that that thing is like historic for being like, you know, five credit cards stacked on top of each other. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little thicker than that, but not much. That's yeah. the one I have. I, I don't have the um, the original, which again, I don't mind that one. I yeah. I mean, granted, they kind of lifted the design of the PS2 launch from an Atari computer. <laughs> it's extremely shockingly similar, but anyway, the PS2 looks awesome. I, um, I th- I'm going to go with Alex. I think PS3 original is pretty rough, but this one feels like it's overreaching. Like the PS5 felt like it went too far into let's make it like desktop art and in a way that is like, I think you've gone too far in the form over function, whereas the Xbox Series X, I'm like, that's a damn nice cube. Yeah. That is a, just a nice rectangle that I can put my Switch on top I, of. Yeah. I think, I think paradoxically, the very simple design of the Xbox Series X turns out to be pretty bold. Yeah. Because it's just a fucking giant black brick. Just, yep. Yes. Like, who has ever made such a featureless game console before? It's very <laughs> stark. It, but well, it works well. Like, it's not yes. that yeah. big. Yeah. It's fine. Um, like I, you know, the the jokes you can make about it are mostly just two thousand one jokes, and that's a good movie. So that's not a bad thing to be associated with. But sure, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, to me, the PS five is a bad sculpture in front of like you know a fucking like you know BMW offices. Like it is just bad corporate art that exists solely to sit in the middle of a fucking plaza where people are eating their lunch, grumbling. You know. I, it not only looks like that, it looks like the weird concept designs for that ad campaign from the mid two thousands of like, here's a fake commercial for the PlayStation nine. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. It looks like, it looks like the weird shit they would come up for with for those commercials, but never actually commit to manufacture. I, so, and yet here we are. Is this thing smaller? Yes. The new yes. one? Is it yes. much smaller? Not, not much. Okay. So, I mean, I think it's telling that the stats they lead with here are, has been reduced in volume by more than 30% and weight by 18 and 24% respectively. Okay. <laughs> like they're talking more about total volume and weight than like specific dimensions across width and depth and stuff like that because people have people have scaled these photos to photos of the original with the kind of disc slot as a reference. And it is smaller but not that much smaller. Okay. Cuz it's a pretty tall and misshapen thing. Yeah. Um it it is very much in the same popped collar, flared, whatever design spirit of the original PS5. They could have, I, they absolutely could have kept all of the same design language to me, and yet also embraced the radical concept of making it sit flat on a shelf. Well, no, they have a stand for that. 
a newsstand for that, I'm told. But that they're going to yeah, sell separately. It's, 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 dude, it's weird. So this thing, I guess this thing no longer stands vertically out of the box. Uh, they are now selling a vertical stand for how much is the stand? 30 bucks? 30 but doesn't the current stand also work as a vertical stand if you need it? Yes, it yeah. does, but yeah. not not this one. Is, is That's the difference. Yeah, the, current, okay. the current stand functions in both orientations because i don't use it um, when it's vert because i i use it when i when i'm making the console horizontal for whatever reason but in my current workspace it's just easier to have it stacked you know vertically uh on the the tv stand and i don't see a lot of need for that vertical stand in its current iteration but it sounds like this new redesign kind of makes that slightly more necessary it's possible. I'm not sure how. Yeah, like the the current PS5 will sit flat yeah. vertically without the stand, and it's reasonably <clears throat> it's just, sturdy when you do yeah, that. Yeah, it's just it's kind of resting the weight on the side panels, but it does seem pretty sturdy that way. Uh, uh, I mean, what Sony's got a long history of charging for stands. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's go back to the you know the notable release of the horizontal stand for the PS2, a console that definitely needed a stand to sit horizontally. Um. I don't know. I mean, this all seems like, you know, this is saving on manufacturing. Like, hey, they don't have to put a stand in the box now unless people want to put it vertical and then they'll have to pay 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to put it horizontal, <laughs> what is what is this kickstand? I What is this tiny little fold-down kickstand <laughs> that takes a bite out of the front panel? I think they took the, to heart the <laughs> people making fun of the original plastic horizontal stand, which admittedly was a pretty mock-worthy thing. And, uh decided to get worse <laughs> it is it a paper clip what is it, it it's like it, it's a little piece of the bottom panel that it's folds just, down on a hinge and it but it, that's supposed to support that weight of that thing like apparently it, well it's remember you know there's 30 percent less volume so it should be not as bad because the i'm sorry maybe i missed the picture and if i did i'm sorry but is there a picture of the digital version uh, going sideways because on the one with the disk drive it looks like the disk drive is supporting a lot of the weight. Like, yeah, I actually, I, I had wondered the same thing. Like, how does the how does the digital only version sit flat? Because I don't think they have put out a. It may not need that kickstand. Maybe it just doesn't. Maybe maybe, maybe the just flat digital the only version does sit flat, but they have not put out a shot of that that I have seen. I, my, so I put a picture of the one of the things you mentioned, Brad, in our Slack. People trying to mock up the the sizes and. My big takeaway from these two things, looking at these now, is this refresh even more looks like the Blu-ray drive was an after a thing that the designer did not have in mind originally. Right? Yeah. They designed this digital version console. At some point, they said we need to have a Blu-ray drive in there. They bumped that original one out. Now this one just looks so dumb. Well, it's like the cartoon of the guy who swallows the turkey bone and it's like sideways in his throat. It's. Well, I, I think the disk drive in, in all these consoles is an afterthought because I, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever use those disk drives for like movies or anything these days, but the, the, the UK, the UHD drives they put in these consoles are not great. Like they are definitely Oh, I didn't not, know that. I mean, they're fine, but like there are like, if you want to actually like get a 4K video player, you should just get a 4K video player uh, and not just necessarily rely on these because 
I found that like sometimes there are certain discs that like just don't work very well with. You're speaking with these. specifically of movies. I'm talking about for, movies. For movies. Yes. Yeah, right. You know, game discs or game discs, and I mean, who the fuck is buying game discs anymore outside of you know people who can't get good broadband internet? Which again, that should be a fucking people do, thing. and like well, I don't want to. I don't want those people to don't no, no, email no. I'm saying it's not Alex. their fault. I'm yeah. saying they should have access to broadband internet and not have this problem. But the problem is that we live in a world where that is not the case. Well, well the other the other thing is that uh, physical games um if not at launch come out cheaper like go on sale pretty quickly like yeah. there's the whole there's a whole secondhand market of trading stuff in there's physical retail going on sale there's stuff the shutting down and not being able to get it anymore unless you you know if you have the which alex you you'd obviously know that um, no go, you again know, like, you know me yeah. i'm pro yeah, physical media person, i'm all yes. for it like yeah and for the games as far as i know it works fine i'm just saying if you were want to use that as like a you know, a 4K video Blu-ray player, which is kind of the selling point, really, for getting one mm. of those consoles at this point. It's not the best you can get by any stretch. I didn't. I didn't realize that they. I thought they were all made equal. I didn't realize there were different. There's different there's ones. a weirdness around 4K video players in general. Like some are definitely better than others and more reliable than others. And I think the disc drives they have in these consoles, from my understanding, is pretty middling uh, as far as that stuff goes. So Brad, I um I couldn't find any difference in these things. I, you know, aesthetically aside from the US two USB C ports on the front now. Are yeah, there any other differences going on here? Yeah, they've they've taken the USB A ports off the front. It's just two C now. Uh the, the internal SSD is slightly bigger, but it's a really terabyte one? now instead of 500 gigs, right? No, no, it was A25, isn't that what the original PS5 launched with? Yeah, but how much of that is actually usable? Uh, it ends up being like 600 and something right. usable for games in the launch model. I'd have to look. I think it's A25 is how they described it, so this is a terabyte, so somewhat bigger. Okay. But I mean, that's with the size of games these days. That's like one to two extra big <laughs> ticket games. Right. So better, but not a huge difference. But same GPU, same CPU, everything same else. Everything. Zero, everything. zero. And still, like, expandable storage, I assume, is the same solution as before? I assume so. I don't think they address that. I'm, I, I'm sure it is. That's yeah. just kind of Sony's Well, now you get two panels that come off habit. instead of the, yeah. the, which that whole shell, I guess, doesn't have to come off now. It's a little more modular where the top, two top parts can come off and the two bottom parts can come off. And I, I think, are they supporting Wi-Fi 6 now? Was that different? I can't remember. That may be the case. I want to say 5 was was the last go-around. Is 6 uh, AX? It does AX. I can't remember if the launch model did or not. I don't think it did. Um, I think that's right. Okay, so that's a little different. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's... But that's what it is, is it's a little different. Slightly better in some ways, but this this is just a mid-generation shrink, like always happens. This is not a um, console you want to run out and buy if you are perfectly fine with your current Right. This is not 5. a pro. This yeah. is a, a a shrink. But sometimes the shrink gets a little boost here and there in yeah. terms of like... A little boosty. Yeah, a little like, oh, the clock speed on the chip is a little bit faster or something. Yeah, that happened with the first major switch revision. Like the... It was slightly better battery life, like slightly better load times slightly stuff like right that. but this seems ex that stuff seems this, exactly this is, the same yeah this is this is all identical i mean we're kind of really really burying the lead here which is the digital edition is now 50 dollars more what are we doing than it was why um because you got that port for that drive man you could add a 70 dollars blu-ray drive to it i saw i saw some analyst speculation i mean people who probably have more hooks certainly have more hooks into supply chain and stuff like that than we do Speculating, you know, it was a hundred bucks difference between the digital and disc before. 
they were probably they're probably making less money on the digital version because it's not like it's not like um uh that disk drive added a hundred dollars of cost right to the to the big one so they probably were trying to they're probably trying to like raise their profit margins on the digital by bringing them closer and then it's i think it's 80 right 80, 80 bucks yes, it's you buy the digital one and want the and it's it is a great option like i will i will definitely say it's pretty awesome to see this as an option that like hey i bought the digital one but i'm not locked into that i decided i want discs later i can actually yes. make that happen like that's cool i think i would have done that if knowing that a i, I don't use that thing for movies b we're not getting um uh pre-release stuff on disc right so like right. that i don't use the disc drive on that thing much at all so i think i would have done the digital version uh personally and then got the upgrade if i needed it and just kept the upgrade in a box for what i needed because i don't need the extra volume you know mm-hmm. i think that the, i think it looks better without the drive on it like i think objectively right like this thing right. just looks better i'm never gonna buy a console that doesn't have a drive on it if there's an option to get a drive on it but yeah, you're right fair, it fair, does look fair. weirder with the drive than without um but yeah i don't know brad you're not in a market for this thing right it's nah like there's just if I would say if there were even the slight because I've been thinking about another PlayStation Five now that the kids play a lot of PlayStation Five things, mm-hmm. and if there were the slightest hint of internal guts upgrade that would make me consider it. But right. at this point, at this point, it's just my PS Five works fine it's not like it has um you know it doesn't have like red ring stuff it's not the same thing where oh the launch hardware had this big issue with it right and yeah like, I, I will say the fan has become fairly audible in mine same i've got a little I mean, bit of was, a clicking sound that's coming from mine yeah it was it was completely silent at launch and i can definitely hear the the fan going now i think the i other just thing to replace the fan you might be able to like it might be worth keeping an eye out like there might be some like it's kind of unlikely, but there might be some some decent sale on the current model. Yeah, maybe I will. They, I, th- I think that has happened in other territories a little bit. So, like, there's a chance you know you might be able to or, get the old one for fifty bucks off or something. Around or Black they're going to have a run on the old digital model, and those are all going to sell out. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah. yes, because that is the cheapest way to get a PS5 <laughs> now. Like, that's prices going up. Um, yeah, so that that might be the case where the old digital model is just selling out. But yeah, um. I, I do, I'm not in a market for a pro version of this, and I think we're just this. This is it, right? The PS5. You think until we get a the next gen one? Uh, I mean, there's a lot. There are persistent rumors about a PS5 Pro, which I think have somewhat been reported by the same people who reported this. So that mm-hmm. seems like that could be happening. I mean, whether it actually comes to market, who can say? Because Microsoft seems pretty clear that they're not going to do that. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know what the world looks like where only one of the two consoles ships an upgraded model and not both of them. I can't imagine Microsoft doing it because they would still have to support the S, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now you'd have three tiers of things you're trying to. And they're already having a hard enough time, like keeping their branding straight. So it's like, I, that's not (laughs) a good thing to add. Um, But yeah, uh, I think I would, unless my PS five bails in some weird way, I think I'm good for now. Or if there were like a severe price drop, which I don't think I'm going to see anytime soon. Not in the immediate future. Um, All right. So that, um, Brad, do you have a date for when this thing is popping? 
November, I believe they've said. Is it with the Spider-Man? Uh, no, that's this. Oh, month. the Spider-Man bundle is the old model, I believe. Yeah, you're right. Why? Oh, because it was in their press release. Ten days away from the launch of Spider-Man. Yeah, they're just promoting. All right. Sony. Yeah, it, it just it just says once inventory of the current model has sold out, the new one will be the only one. <laughs> um, smaller, similar PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll sell really cool, slick shells for this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of rough looking back at you know, like I think the last two gens at least. Like generally, the price goes down when the console gets smaller, right? But yeah, seeing it go up is kind of a rude awakening. It's the but you know, like look now. at. Look at the price increases on PlayStation Plus recently for kind of no extra benefits. Seems like they may just be under the gun to get revenue up. I just recently, uh, very tangential here, but I, I just recently went through and canceled like three accounts because all everything has gone up. Like all of the accounts I have have gone up and I was like, well, that's it. Like in order to keep my budget the same, I have to cancel these three things because even though everything goes up by two or three dollars, that adds up an aggregate to enough to be like, well, I do I use my Marvel subscription for the comic book stuff enough? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Is it worth it? Do I use my Audible account? I sometimes, but not all. Not enough to. Not often enough. Yeah. So it's real. Everything got more expensive. I don't know if anybody's heard. You heard mm-hmm. it here first, folks. Yeah. Um. Speaking about the high price of doing business, mm-hmm. Brad, do you want to take us into who's paying the, the price, price. <laughs> over at? Not Unity? much to say here. John Rick- John Riccatello is out at Unity. You won't have John Riccatello to kick around anymore. It's kind of that's just about all they've said. Other than you know, he will advise the company to ensure a smooth transition. Uh, they have an interim CEO but they are going to be looking for a full-time one. James Whitehurst uh, is the interim CEO who I guess currently, currently an advisor at Silver Lake, which is a private equity firm. Did not realize he used to be the CEO of Red Hat, which is hmm. a weird one from my other life, mm-hmm. I guess. Anyway, um, it's kind of it. Like that's, you know, well, I guess all the- kinds of, Oh, go ahead. Well, the the big story, if anybody missed it, was the whole Unity kerfuffle yes. with their pricing, yes. and this is yes, the, yes, he he was this is he was he the was, end result a, of that. He was at the helm during all this kind of disastrous public relations kerfuffle over the last few weeks. I mean, you know, there's like kind of Twitter theory crafting flying around about like, ah, was he the one in the driver's seat here, or was it these people that have been added to the board lately who are all. VC Silicon Valley types and like tight with Elon Musk and blah, blah, blah. Like, is that where this pressure is coming from? Who knows? But it doesn't matter really. I think uh, given Riccatello's history at EA and the kinds yeah. of initiatives that he pushed forward during his time there, it is not out of the realm of possibility to assume that if he was not at the direct vanguard of what was going on here, he was more than happy to carry it out. Oh, sure. Yes, Absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, the bigger thing though is, will things get better from here? Just because he's gone, not necessarily. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, they still have a lot more cleanup work to do in the wake of his exit uh, like before these, any of that is going to happen. But like these these pressures, I think probably still exist there, whether he's the one running things or not. And I think the real thing is, this is the most possibly predictable 
result of everything that just happened that could be like yeah. if you if you did not have the money on Riccatello leaving within this calendar year uh you should not be gambling yeah i don't i don't, I don't see how the leadership of a company that does this much self-inflicted damage manages to survive honestly yeah. i mean it's it's like it this is <laughs> seems like probably like business school case study <laughs> in the oh, future of how I, to sink your own <laughs> reputation or like literally blow a hole in the bottom of your boat, point the cannon down. I think at the very least, the business stuff would be a case in rollout and communication with an audience, right? Like the, and that's at the barest minimum. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you, uh, you again, not a developer here, but you could see how they maybe could have explained some of this as a, as a corporation or a business. They're running at the problems financially, not turning a profit, this whole thing. They're going to have to do some structure changes. What's involved the community. Let's talk about it. And maybe they reached something similar to what they originally wanted to propose, but they just showed their ass in like the they worst way it as hard as possible. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And then had to walk it back. And you know, there have been arguments of like, Oh, are these anchoring strategies where you do something terrible? I don't buy it because it's the, the hit they took on this was so terrible. Nobody would do the step in this kind of dog shit. This is a, I am literally trying to undermine this company level. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm sure they have lost some business that they will not get back what that looks like i think remains to be seen probably until the next big dev cycle comes around for a lot of people yeah when they choose i saw i think i asked this question out loud three weeks ago a month ago whenever this started about mega crit the developers of slay the spire who had very directly said like fuck this we're getting off of unity Mm -hmm. despite investing years into our next project on that engine and I was like, I wonder if they'll stick to this now that things have reversed course and things seem mostly acceptable. <laughs> I saw them out there very recently going like, eh, we're headed for Godot. Goodbye, Unity. Really? Like okay. They, they are sticking with their plan to do all that extra work to change engines regardless of whatever backpedaling has happened. So there's one example of like, ah, the damage is already done. I mean, I was- I'm going to say just, just anecdotally from a few developer people that I know, even before this stuff got announced and they really just completely torpedoed their reputation, there were a lot of grumblings about the current yeah. state of Unity yes. and what it was working with that company to where even, you know, if you've already committed to your engine, maybe you're sticking with it just until you can, you know, easily transition it onto something else. But a lot of people that I had talked to about Unity were like, yeah, I don't know if I want to keep working with them or not. Uh, um, it's, it's funny. It's funny watching this exodus happen and like, Granted, the fucking Twitter for you feed is of questionable value in terms mm-hmm. of its surfacing stuff that you may or may not actually want to look at. But like now I'm starting to get enough. I'm getting I'm, I'm starting to see some like open source drama around all these new users coming to Godot and wanting to change it. Oh, kind of the people that have been there like maybe being resistant to that change. Sure. sure. Uh, now that ever now that a lot of people are moving to a thing that anybody can just like modify however they want. <laughs> Add this feature kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that is John Riccatello out of unity. Can't wait to see where he lands next. <laughs> yeah. They use, they use the word retiring. I don't know. Mm. I mean, people in that position are never truly retired. You know, we can probably be on a bunch of boards or whatever, but they retire yeah. horses. Don't they? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, what, where do you want to step in next? Um, there's this bizarre story out of Bloomberg about uh, Bob Iger, the head of Disney, being pressured by 
So I couldn't read the Bloomberg story because their stuff is so heavily paywalled, but the mm-hmm. video games chronicle summary of it described it as his deputies at Disney have been pushing him to acquire a large video game publisher, such as, for example, Electronic Arts. Oh. Well, that's yeah. probably pretty easy to do, right? They're Disney. They can just do that. Well, is it the Video Games Chronicle story that, yes, has the response from, um, <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's a- Andrew Wilson um, being like, we're not going to comment on rumors and speculation, but like, we're one of the biggest out there. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Are they yeah, even they- entertaining offers? I don't know. Yeah, that, I think that was from last summer in an earnings call. Okay. When there were previous rumors about EA being for sale. So, um, like, yes, you're right. That was last summer. So, like. Uh, I, yeah, I love I love that. I mean, again, this is from last year, but we're soon to be the, the largest standalone yeah. independent developer of publisher in the world. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> the actual <laughs> exactly. largest is about to get absorbed. Yep. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I guess the gist of the story, it sounds like like there are people within Disney who think Disney should be taking a much more direct role in game development and not just farming out their IP to other companies to do it. And they think the way to do that is to buy something like an EA. It's a crisis. I, it's a fast way. It is. Disney has done this before. I mean, not <laughs> run out and bought another publisher, but they have tried to publish video yes. games on their own on multiple occasions, and they uh, inevitably get bored with it and stop doing it. Yeah, I've, I feel like I have covered games professionally through like probably two previous iterations of Disney game initiatives. And mm-hmm. it was probably under a Bob Iger run, you know? It was yeah, probably under most his, likely. is probably his previous run that they did it. Um, I mean, when did the current, I think the current era of we're not going to make games, we're just going to license IP started 2015, maybe something like that. It was post Disney Infinity. I know that. Because yeah, wasn't, wasn't Battlefront in 2017 the first major licensed game out of that era? I think so. I think I'm of a couple of minds about this one, whatever EA posturing they might put up to say, Oh, you know, we're, you know, we're about to be the biggest publisher in the world, whatever. Look, mm-hmm. there is no video game publisher that is doing so well right now that they wouldn't entertain an offer from something like Disney. That doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. Second fair. thing. Uh-huh. I don't think a company or an entity like Disney coming in and, uh, taking over a company like EA or a Warner Brothers, or any other publisher that might be vaguely distressed in the near future would actually be a particular improvement, A, to Disney's catalog of video games, or B, the publisher they end up swallowing up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think EA's not in a bad position like they need to sell or anything like that, but I think I think between all their Star Wars games and their, they're doing that Black Panther game, I forgot they're apparently also doing an Iron Man game right now. Yeah, they're doing those games, but those are a ways off, and right now, they are very top-heavy. Like, they have Madden, they have EA Sports FC, using the correct Mm -hmm. branding. Thank you. They have whatever Battlefield is going through right now, Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of a steep drop-off from there. Well, I mean, look, they have Apex, right? Yeah, there's Respawn uh, between um, Apex and the Star Wars game. Yeah. Actually, well, they're doing, uh, Respawn's doing two Star Well, You're right. I should not discount any of the Respawn stuff, though Apex is very much in just selling content to existing players mode, though they're still selling a lot of that content, from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, technically there's only one new announced Respawn Star Wars game, but that's assuming there's also a third Jedi coming, which there probably is. Um, The Sims, I'm sure the Sims still, uh, like, 
does some money on the back end somewhere. Yeah, I mean, look again. It's it's the same thing as Apex. They're selling content to existing players. It does yeah. not sound like there's a new game imminent. Um, there's Immortals of Avium. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> no. So yeah, I look. We've talked about it before. We've been around this. We've heard people say it within, you know, bigger things. People talk about buying big companies. Talk about buying yeah. companies all the time. It's a. Uh, I don't necessarily think they're going to do it. You got to yeah, take well, it with a grain of salt. But until they do it, mm-hmm. and the, you know, and then they actually do do it, like where Microsoft tries to pick up Activision or somebody yeah. else gets you know sold. I mean, I think the thing that's unique here is that the pressure is coming from within Disney to do something like this. Yeah, sounds yeah. like it. Sounds like Iger is pretty blasé about the whole thing. So who knows if this will actually go anywhere or not. I just don't know what they would really get out of it. I mean, yes, obviously you could make money owning your own game publisher, but like honestly, the most successful slate of Star Wars games they've had in a while feels like it's come from this current arrangement where they can sell their license to an X number of publishers. Yeah. I'm sure that's the problem though. I'm sure like people who look at that and don't know much about game development thinks like, why aren't we doing this all in-house? We're, we have the biggest properties. We've got Marvel, Star Wars, The Simpsons. I don't know. We've got all these things. Like, why aren't we making our own games in-house until they do the cycle, turn the wheel again, try to do it in-house, realize game development is a nightmare, yes. and then splinter it out again. You might as well make somebody else make your game and then have them close their studio uh, when yeah. it doesn't do well. I mean, I don't know how many people are still at Disney that remember the last time they went through this, but they do have John Drake, and he can at least tell you <laughs> game development is fucking hard. It's hard, and like, look- how do you mess up an Avengers game, right? You should go take some notes and go see what happens there because not everything just hits because Iron Man is on the cover. Right. It's, it's a hard industry to get into. If anything, video games are now exceedingly late coming to the Marvel boom because these days the Marvel movies are not even at the Marvel boom level that they once were. And look, I think I think video games have mass appeal more than ever, but also... More than ever? More than ever. Okay. More than ever. You heard it here first. More than ever. Never been a better time to play video games, and people are doing it. But also, video game players are the most fickle bunch of people you will ever meet and are ready to drop a friend, move on so quickly from a franchise, and they will salt the earth like you have never seen before in a way that you can't recover. So... If you think you can just dump out like you do the Marvel Cinematic Universe in video game form, go take a look at what Warhammer is doing and just pooping out games left and right. And like maybe 5% of those hit in, in, in a way that is mainstream. I don't, I just think you're right. Th- Disney could learn something from Warhammer. <laughs> we all could really. Couldn't we all? The chaos is inherent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like if they are gonna just drop out fifteen games a month, like are you gonna get a? They want to make a Mandalorian game and a Soka game, you know, like have all these things ready to go. I just don't think the industry works like that anymore. No, I don't think I don't think those licensed products that are turned around in a month can happen anymore. Games take so long, and the lead up takes so long to make a good game. You have to be so far ahead of it. You might as well have third parties just trying to do it. I yeah. I think. Also, I just don't want EA. I don't want more consolidation. No, I I don't either. I'm not necessarily, again, I'm not necessarily saying, like, you know, I want Disney to go out there and start buying stuff, but, like, I'll say it again. I don't think any publisher is going to just say no to that possibility if if it is genuinely presented to them. Mm, I bet Take-Two would say no. 
No, Take Two would think about it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying any publisher would think about it. Take Two would probably be the fastest to say eventually say no, but I think any company being approached by Disney in this way would at least think about it. Yeah, I mean, look, Disney is very big. It is. The, and they want to get bigger, apparently. But I, I think I just worry, like, if Disney gets EA and when it doesn't work out again, what happens to EA? Yeah, that's that's definitely the fear. Is, they sell uh, it to a venture capital firm, if it, in recent memory is any indication. I mean, yeah, assuming assuming EA is even a distinctive enough entity from Disney to sell at that point, right? It depends on yeah. depends on how tightly they absorb it and integrate it into Disney. Um. Anyway, that last uh, Star Wars Jedi game was was pretty good. So, yeah, make make more like that. Um. Speaking of Activision Blizzard, Brad. Mm-hmm. They put out a start random tweet about yeah. Activision Blizzard games on Game Pass, which I, is in certainly in advance of this deal closing, which wasn't the seventeenth the deadline for that to happen. I think uh, it's, it's seeming one. like they may want it to close in the very near future. Hmm. The deal's happening. There's yeah. if anybody wants to bet me a million dollars that it's not happening, <laughs> please do so. I will take that bet. Um. Anyway, they just tweeted randomly about. Uh, we've been getting questions about our games being on Game Pass. Wonder why. While we do not have plans to put Modern Warfare 3 or Diablo 4 into Game Pass this year, mm. once the deal closes, which <laughs> I do like the certainty around that phrase, uh-huh. even though, of course, it's happening. We expect to start working with Xbox to bring our titles to more players around the world, and we anticipate we would begin adding games into Game Pass sometime in the course of next year. So maybe not on day one, but it sounds like it's coming. I don't know why that side just escaped, but it's definitely, um, that is a, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's thinking, a lot of stuff. Uh, thinking that's, about them mentioning Modern Warfare and Diablo coming to Game Pass, I don't know, did something to my insides in a weird way that's like, oh, what? right, yeah. Notting you up a little bit? Not, well, I mean, considering where Di- Diablo 4 kind of wound up, um, I'm sure it, it has done gangbusters in terms of money, but like, reception maybe not so great but yeah i mean there's you know it's games there's always room for a turnaround yeah right. you just gotta no, turn that- all the knobs you just gotta make make all of the loot and the currency drop like t- 10 to 20 percent faster <laughs> that's right everybody would be happy um but just in terms of attracting people to game pass and making that decision seeing that all of a sudden was like oh yeah that's gonna mm-hmm. make people be like why would i get anything else i'll get an xbox and i can get the games i want for free I'll just, yeah. you know, quote unquote, I, their words, not mine. I, t- yeah, I understand right. you pay for Game Pass. There's, there's, there's a bunch of stuff here because there's some low hanging fruit that it seems like could come to the service kind of whenever, you know, like Crash Bandicoot 4, like those t- the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remasters, just like some of the side yeah. Sekiro, maybe some of the side stuff Activision has done over the last seven years or something. That's kind of whatever. Then there's the, like, okay, Diablo 4 and Modern Warfare 3 are the current huge games. Like, are they going to put those on there or not? Maybe they hold out on those a little while. The thing that actually is the most interesting question to me is, what about the other 18 Call of Duty games? Oh, yeah. Like, are they going to put every old Call of Duty game since 4 or even since the beginning on Game Pass? What have they done with Bethesda's back catalog? Um... Some is of stuff, it's on there, I think. Stuff That's that a, is playable it, on it's modern. pretty much all on there as far as I know. Like I know like Oblivion, for example, because I downloaded and played it. Okay. At least going back to Oblivion is on Game Pass. 
So if it's playable on modern consoles, it, it's kind of on there for Bethesda, as far as we know. I think that's more or less the case. And is is like Wolfenstein, modern Wolfenstein, on Game Pass? Yes, um, I'm pretty sure it is. The two new ones, yeah, for yeah. sure. And Dishonored is on there. Yes. Yes. Okay. I yeah, don't actually so, know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Dishonored on there. Um, but like. Dude, there's so many Call of Duties, you know, like, yeah, are you just going to be able to go on Game Pass and play any of the Black Ops games that you want? Like, uh, am I going to be able to go get Advanced Warfare? I'm going to say just play it. You know what I'm I mean? Say like, at some point, yes. Like the idea of just all those games, not necessarily just the current Call of Duty, yeah. because like Call of Duty is so focused on the current game that it's actually easy to forget. There's this massive catalog of annual games going back to 2007, right? So how will they sort modern warfare? <laughs> um, what happens there? Right. Yes. How are you going to, well, that's already in the, in the back end. So I guess however they do it now. Um, and there, you know, there's stuff like, uh, like will, will a world of Warcraft subscription get rolled into game pass? I'm going to say no. Probably I'm going to say not. no though. I, I assume, I assume wow is still doing the numbers that that would not be worth the trade off, but who can say? I, I'm going to say no there, but I could see a Battle.net and Microsoft log, like a, a Hotmail or like a Microsoft account getting merged at some point where Battle.net, because Battle.net is used in like one or two other Activision games, right? Like there's a couple of things. Oh, there's, that, there's a good number on there. Okay. All, all their PC releases since 2018, I think, have been uh, on Battle.net. Battle. Okay. I think. So I could see I could see that getting mushed into some kind of account for microsoft because they they have their pc stuff also and like you know their matchmaking and all of those things some some very smart people will have to figure out how to merge those accounts and, and yeah. figure that all out good stuff like crash 4 and tony hawk that i mentioned earlier was sold on pc you know, through through the battle.net clients so okay there there is a question of what happens to that library and that login for people who are invested in that can i still put my old starcraft codes in and get my game no, I, that, I think that went away at some point. Not once they, they started selling. Surely, I think, surely they didn't take that down. I think they did. I think I tried doing it not too long ago when Diablo 4 was out. And I was like, where's my Diablo thing on here? And I think once they, but I think you could download them for free. I don't know. I remember looking into it and it's like legacy stuff because they started selling the remasters. Remember they sold like Diablo 2 remastered and yeah. Starcraft remastered. Will prototype go up on Game Pass? Put prototype on Game Pass. Put prototype on. Well, King's Quest, the complete collection, go up on Games Game Pass. Oh, that recent one, the Odd Gentleman yeah. one. Yeah, no, they should that put that right. on there. That thing yeah. was better than it should have been. Sure. I'm just realizing. I don't think there are that many Activision games. I care about. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> I'm okay. Just, I'm just. I mean, look. I like Tony Hawk. Uh huh. I'm looking through all of the games they have on Activision's all of their games. And here's, I'm just going to read this very quickly. It's Crash Team Rumble. I'm just going to skip over every Call of Duty thing because it's Call of Duty. Spyro. Mm -hmm. Sekiro, which was okay. Yeah. Skylanders. King's Quest Prototype. Geometry Wars Dimensions Evolved. Mm -hmm. That's it. Okay. I mean, okay. there's there are like 15 Call of Duty games, like we said. There's a bunch of Skylander stuff. I didn't mention every Tony Hawk, but what else do they have that I'm missing? S Singularity, for example. 
I like Singularity. Singularity is great. Put Singularity on Game Pass. How come? They, how come they're not promoting Singularity anymore? Make a new Singularity. How about that? Oh, that's a concept. Let Raven make a new game and well, let them make a Singularity too. Brad, well, I think that's a great segue into our our next story here that you have about right. w- will they have the resources to make a new Singularity? Who can say? I'm going to let you guys take this one because my voice is starting to go. <laughs> uh well, according to good old Bobby Kotick, uh huh. He says, well, with Microsoft behind the rail wheelier, uh, maybe things like Guitar Hero. Oh, God damn it. What's wrong? Don't you like Guitar Hero? No, because every time Bobby Kotick says Guitar Hero, my like a piece of my spine starts to crinkle up. <laughs> this isn't the first time he said it according to this story, and I vaguely remember this. He has kind of dropped a Guitar Hero reference. Uh, I feel like a new Guitar Hero could is in the works. Like it could drop be made. a Guitar Hero on his head. Why do you hate Guitar Hero? It's just I rock don't. Band, I hate Bobby Kotick. <laughs> so you could be saying anything, really. Yeah, I mean, look. Let me be, be real. I know I'm. You know, I once worked as an objective media type, but you know, I think we're kind of far afield of that now. So let me make my true intentions clear. Bobby Kotick fucking sucks. Um. Anyway, this story is him again, basically going into uh, with Microsoft's technology and their research and the et cetera, et cetera. Like maybe you're, this is you're really burying the lead here on this, uh-huh. which is that this all came through a fake interview he did as part of a town hall meeting for Activision employees, where he was fake interviewed by James Goddamn Corden. Yeah, it's the James <laughs> Corden part that really threw me here. <laughs> They fucking hired James Corden to do this town hall for Activision employees. Are you I mean, to be me fair, after the last re- time, they weren't going to hire Kara Swisher again, but still. Fair. Yeah, fair. Are you sure telling me these weren't hard-hitting questions that James Corden uh, was coming up with? And then, yeah, like, like you hinted at, the other thing is that he talked about Guitar Hero in the context of Microsoft's R&D efforts toward machine learning and stuff like that. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? The reemergence of Guitar Hero and other things would not be possible without the different types of resources. Referring to things like Microsoft's AI research. Mm. And he starts like so, dropping references to like fucking Neuralink and shit, which yes. is like oh, just God, in right. bizarre. There's also the mention of Neuralink and that people are going to be using their brains to play games soon. <laughs> Unlike now, where no one uses their brain to play a video uh, game. I just... I'm, yeah. What is an AI-driven Guitar Hero? I... You know, what, is, what is that? There's probably something in there that is like, uh, listen, Bobby Kotick doesn't know what that means. Somebody has probably mentioned to him like, hey, there's, um, there, we can make algorithms for either uh, dropping tracks out or managing the the note, the notational, um, what do you call it, Alex? The, the charts. The, the charts, yes, for, for, for easily doing this so people, humans don't have to chart the songs or make the tools better for charting Cool, the that sounds like garbage. <laughs> I like, I look, Garbage had a couple of songs on a Rock Band. I like it. I, uh, I mean, that's mm-hmm. not bad. Okay, uh-huh, I'll give you that. You. But, uh, but here's the thing, is yeah. that I, my recollection is that the charting software that existed years ago also could potentially pull out... <laughs> you know, a default chart, but that thing was a thing that you had to then go in and fix up and, you know, like, you know, curate and and build in a way so that it, because the AI is not always going to recognize everything correctly. And if you just barf out a bunch of fucking AI generated tracks, they won't sound good or look good or play good. And, you know, what he's talking about here is, you know, just him throwing a bunch of industry buzz terms around while talking about a franchise that is dormant, which fine, whatever. But the real thing is that, there's no demand for this. 
as much mm-hmm. as it pains me to say this, whatever he's talking about here with Guitar Hero can't exist because there is no demand for a new series of plastic instrument video games out there. Whoa, until- whoa, whoa. No, we're, there isn't. We're, play- we're playing with our minds, man. Who are no. these plastic instruments coming from? No, we're from? not. I- I'm using my brain, okay? Oh, look, it's if he wants to up. break into my house, shove a microchip into my brain so I can play Guitar Hero when I'm unawares, fine, whatever. But we are not anywhere near that. Did you get a COVID shot yet? Because you're playing Guitar Hero already. I Look, I don't take anything that is being said in this seriously because this is the dumbest possible thing. Yes. This whole situation is dumb. This interview is dumb. <laughs> Everyone, it, it, like the the scuttlebutt I saw was that Activision employees who were who you know like were sources on this story, letting you know reporters know that this happened. Like the grumbling inside was like, why the fuck are we doing this? None of this is real. He's not. They're not making a new Guitar Hero <laughs> I, right now. That's not going to happen. Even even as soon as the Microsoft deal closes, that is not going to be the first, second, third, or fourth thing they announce. I would 100% agree with you, and I think you nailed it when you said it's just a dude spouting buzzword, industry buzzwords at a guitar hero. And he probably has fond memories because it was probably at a time when Activision was printing money uh, uh, and was like, that guitar hero and Tony Hawk, yeah, those were big earners, you know, that kind of thing. It was the Uh, last time he could actually get, like, leap over the people making fun of him and say, well, who cares? Because yeah. I'm, I'm the fucking big dick in video games and I'm swinging, I am swinging my plastic instrument around as hard as I can. <laughs> right. Nowadays, he's just an object of ridicule. Activision is still doing well, but let's be real. This number of scandals and other things that have come around Activision Blizzard in recent years have definitely tarnished what was already a pretty bad image for the company and for Kodak. And at this point, He's just remembering Guitar Hero because it was the last time he could just say, yeah, we were number one at something other than Call of Duty. Yeah, and, and again, that just seems to be the nature of big corporate-driven creative media and arts these days is just kind of constantly mine the past because where are any ideas for anything new? Yeah. It's like, hey, has it been at least eight years since this thing we gave this thing a shot? Yes. All right. Time to dust it back off. You know why I know this is never going to happen? Harmonics got bought by Epic, a company that could just throw stupid money at anything if they really wanted to, and at no point have they even indicated they even had the thought process of starting up Rock Band again, because they know they can't sell it at the level they would need to to make any money off of it. Guitar Hero, Microsoft, they will recognize the same thing, and unless... Phil Spencer really has a hard on for making a bunch of plastic instruments in a factory and fucking selling that shit at retail again. It's just not going to happen in the near future. No, my hope is that he has a hard on for making point and click adventure games and <laughs> another Geometry Wars and a new prototype, obviously. And yes, <laughs> yes of course, another so. prototype. And maybe do something with Hexen or Heretic. I don't yeah. know. Pander to my interests. What um. Well, actually, Alex, you probably don't because we went to that event. What was the last Guitar Hero thing? What was that like video? Guitar thing? Hero Live, I believe, was, was the subtitle. Okay. It was the one where they, it was the digital storefront where it's like you couldn't buy songs. There were like playlists. You know, you could subscribe to the their ongoing song catalog or whatever. And yeah. it was the, the, they split the frets. So it was like 12 buttons instead of six. And they it was, still, more, it was more streaming focused. Yeah. You were kind streaming of paying focus, like a yeah. subscription fee to stream songs from them. Also, I think you could play it with your phone. You could. And also, I think it was the developers that made DJ Hero made that one. Yes. Freestyle games. Yeah. So and let me tell you, 
Yeah. While I didn't love that game, I loved the ideas they had for that game, and I would mm-hmm. have loved to see them iterate on that. The problem is no one bought it. Well, that's the yes. thing I was going to get to was like, I think Bobby probably thinks people are going to play Guitar Hero, whatever, on their phone and stuff like that. I just don't see it, but maybe I'm an idiot, but I don't see it because of that thing. What if there was, was like, a plastic guitar peripheral you could plug into your phone like it was a DS where you could plug in a thing to your DS and play Guitar Hero on the go? Yeah, I, I think I think you nailed it when you said it's just buzzwords being thrown about. Like yeah. it is really I don't think Bobby. I, I, I don't sick, think I'm Bobby, sick of talking about it. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't think Bobby thinks at this point. Bobby just says stuff. I kind of have mixed feelings about the Microsoft Blizzard acquisition or activision acquisition but i don't have mixed feelings about not having to hear about bobby kotick in activision anymore if if and when it sounds like it's a when this goes through i i'm still just waiting for the day that they finally announce they are going to punt that guy into the sun and it the longer this goes on the more i feel like they're actually not going to do that he's gonna sail away on a golden ship out of there at some point which i would say will be six months after they'll probably want him out of there as quickly as possible so they'll probably pay him in all three months after this deal closes and he'll walk away with his millions and billions oh yeah no let me get wrong when they put him in the sun he will have you know the fucking golden fireproof (laughs) suit that goes along with him like he will be fine yeah whether he should be or not but i don't know the way this stuff is going i almost wonder if there is like some actual hurdle to getting him out of there that isn't just well we have to pay him first i i I, this is kind of off topic, but I would assume that even if they do, they just put him in some kind of advisory role or something. You know, if they have to keep him on the company, he's mm-hmm. you just don't hear from him uh, again in in this capacity, right? You know, they send him to the same farm that Jay Allard went to. I really think when this goes through, because I don't even you know, if just sounds so silly now because of all the progress they have made in on it. Um, Xbox and Microsoft games has so much PR work to do and I feel like Phil Spencer's actually pretty decent at reading the room on that stuff mm-hmm. and I feel like they're going to want to spin the best version of this possible and I just don't think that version has Bobby in it like at all like you know like I think Phil is aware of the temperature outside to know that <laughs> even putting Bobby's name in a thing there's no good there's not going to be like a um Todd Howard moment with no. this this thing going on where they're going to have their own thing they're going to have their version of Todd Howard coming up during uh, Activision Blizzard stuff. I feel like they're going to find either a new face or like Phil is just going to ride be the face yeah. of that thing. No, like look, it, 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 that's it, even putting him in the same breath as Todd Howard, a guy who I do criticize but is nonetheless, you know, the face of that company for a good reason. Like Bobby Kotick is not a guy you want to be putting up in front of yeah. anything that isn't an investor call because he is a void of charisma and just a genuinely unpleasant person and his reputation more than precedes him at this point. Do they have a front man? Like who, who, yeah. who like they don't, right? It's him because it's him. the thing is they only ever talk to investors for the most part. Well, who's maybe somebody out of blizzard at this point? Like, I, I think some of those people got run out on rail. Yeah, you know? Who just know. came back? Who, I don't who's feel a, like blizzard has ever really fully had a new face since Morheim has yeah. been gone for years now. Yeah, I don't, yeah, again, I don't know. Like we'll we'll see. I, I this thing is going to hit some kind of conclusion very soon. And it, I do not think it's going to have Guitar Hero <laughs> resounding out of it when it does. Yeah, it might have James Corden, we'll see. Um the fuck? 
I'm sorry. Know. I'm still just like reeling yeah. from this. Like, what are you doing, man? I look. Will Guitar Hero come back at some point? Probably. Will it be phone based? Probably. Yeah. But like, I did. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Will it be on Game Pass? Probably. You know. Will Game no, Pass be on phones? Are you saying will those old Guitar Hero games be on Game Pass? Absolutely not. No one's paying that licensing money to make no, that happen. Those, those will not. It will no, never no, happen. No. no. Would a new Guitar Hero game be on Game Pass? Yes. If they did a new one, they would absolutely put it on Game Pass. But I'm telling you, they will never go back and make those old ones playable. Yeah, I guess you would, too, because you'd just sell all that stuff DLC, right? And you just Well, have... then, on top of that, you'd make those licensing agreements with that built in, mm. as opposed to having to do it after the fact. Assuming you're even selling the songs at all and not just rolling it up into a subscription fee. Yeah. Subscription fee. Which yeah, you do still have to pay artists based on that. But, you know, as we never, know about subscription stuff and streaming, uh, you can pay them a lot less. Never let anybody own anything if you can charge them monthly to keep playing it. Mm-hmm. Do you think Epic and the, sorry, this is going on a little bit longer, but do you think Epic and the Bandcamp stuff, do you think they ever had designs on Rock Band and Bandcamp doing something other than getting- someone putting those two things on a whiteboard with a big question mark in the middle <laughs> and a dollar sign, yes. Okay. I think that's as far as it went. Okay. I, I doubt Rock Band ever entered into Epic's calculus in any real significant way. Mm. Yeah. I was just wondering if they thought that maybe they could feed Bandcamp, Bandcamp artists into Rock Band to sell songs through there with ideas that, oh, if we can figure out the chart, you know, whatever it is, you know. I guarantee you that conversation was had, and if they didn't have that conversation until after they had already bought it, that is malpractice. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, a lot of things about that sale were malpractice, so, yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, I think that is a new—what a weird news week. Uh, PS5 getting slightly smaller, but kind of— And slightly more expensive. Just now has a detachable, Mm -hmm. reattachable disk drive. Detachable uh, disk drive. <laughs> Riccatello just kind of unceremoni- unceremoniously retired, quote, yeah. air quotes. Uh, Trust me, the ceremony you would need to get him out of there would involve a lot of blood. So it's probably for the uh, best it was unceremonious. Uh, worm tongue whispering to Bob Iger that they should buy uh, EA. Please buy, buy EA. No, buy they're EA. Not they're making all the Star Wars games. You can have Bob. No, you Ubisoft is also money. making one. You could have all the money. Now, if you want a distressed publisher that you could potentially go out and buy <laughs> at some point, let me tell you about those French guys over there. Oh my gosh, Eve is definitely calling Disney. <laughs> is it Eve again? Tell them I'm at lunch. I can't. Tell them I'm doing something with, with Marvel. I can't. I'm telling you right now, as soon as they close that deal, Eve is going in the same cryogenic chamber as Walt Disney. <laughs> uh, but they're just going to put him in a freezer and tell him he's in there. <laughs> just stay in there for yeah. a while, Eve. Oh, we're not, we're we're never reviving him. We're just putting him in there so we don't have to deal with him. Uh, And then Activision Blizzard um, speculating on what is going on with Game Pass, mentioning the words Diablo 4 and uh, uh, Modern Warfare, and Bobby Kotick mentioning the words Guitar Hero again. Uh, That's going to do it for the news. We have an email address. It is podcast at nextlander.com, podcast at nextlander.com. Brad, do you want to look in the podcast email bag and see if there's anything in there? I'm going to call it for this week. Send us some emails. Send us some emails at podcast at nextlander.com. We got a bunch of stuff going on this week, the least of which not being Scary Movie Month. Hell yeah. It is uh, is happening and it's happening now. And if you're missing out on it, shame on you. Shame on you. Don't make me watch all these scary movies alone. We uh we have watched now uh Ghost Watch, 
we have watched now The Baba Duke, mm-hmm. and uh, we are going to record and have watched, possibly have watched, we haven't recorded it yet, Suspiria, which will be next week's- The 1977 uh, version, specifically. The 1977 uh, weird version. My wife had watched the more modern one, and she said, while weird, different kind of weird. Definitely a different kind <laughs> of weird from what I've gathered, yes. But uh, up now, currently over on the Patreon side of things, patreon.com slash nextlander, is The Babadook. What a weird movie that is. Mm-hmm. I like this I like this this just chunk of weird, uh, spooky yeah. but weird. Oh, dude. You don't even know. Okay. You still have to do Haosu, and that is, if you want weird, my friend- <laughs> Uh, schedule is out there over on the Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash nextender where you can check it out. Uh, also going up this week, hopefully at the end of this week, we're recording tonight uh, another Never Been a Better podcast with Jeff Bacalar and Austin Walker. Hopefully that'll be up on Friday. We've got a grab bag going on on Thursday, which should have uh, um, some at least some Steam demos. Maybe check out that RoboCop game we talked about this yeah. episode. And then Friday, like we said, we're getting together to pay the day th- the third time. Pay day three. Um, we'll probably run that one. Um, that's probably be an hour and a half. Just a heads up. Uh, Alex and I have to bounce out of there uh, to go to a wedding. Yes. To a wedding. I mean, I don't think Alex, we want to dox whoever it is that's getting married. So we'll just I'm say we're going, going to a wedding. To. I was just going to say maybe a picture of Alex in a suit. Maybe. It could happen. It could, it could happen. happen. It could. You have a suit and you have a wedding. Well, I don't have it in hand yet, but I'm going to okay. go pick it up this week. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Have um, you seen me in a suit before? I wore I have, one to other no, weddings that we've yes, been at. I, I have seen you. Yeah. Oh, there will be no photography. No one will ever see it except for you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I got to smuggle out a picture of you in a suit. Anyway, I check out that stuff. Band. <laughs> uh, Alex's suit has shorts. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, and a saxophone. Uh, check that stuff out. Go to patreon.com slash nextlander where you can find uh, different tiers there, including tiers with the Ramblecast, Never Been a Better Podcast, the Watchcast, voting tiers where you can occasionally vote for some of the fun things we do, like our Patrons Choice stream we do every month. Sometimes we have uh, Watchcast choices up there, so you can pick the exciting movies we're going to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick a tier that is right for you, and that is where we get the majority of our support. So thanks, everybody, for supporting us over there. Uh, if you like what we do here and around the internet, you can go to patreon.com slash patreon.com slash nextlander. There it is. And there is one tier there, the Mysterious Benefactors tier, that gets their names read on this here show. And Alex Navarro, would you do the great honor of reading those names for us this week? I would be happy to do so. Our Mysterious Benefactors for this week are Ryan Waterman. R.R.E. Return of the Revenge of Alex's Heebie-Jeebies. John Richardson. Vornak. Infelicitous Rips. Kelly F. Brian Lucier. Skywarp. John Hubbard. Sean Miller. Brad's Midsize Hoodoo Voodoo. Evan Cook. Mark Wilhelm. The Babadook Stole Deirdre's Cool Hat. Gary Pejski. Robert Fisher. John McInnes. Dollar Sign. Peter Reardon. Thomas Lynn. Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Mega Brains, Razgriz 2, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, 
Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Big thanks to all of our mysterious benefactors out there, and of course, a big thanks to everyone who has supported us over at patreon.com slash nextlander across the internet over on Twitch or YouTube or listening to this very podcast or just even sending those good vibes. Everything is appreciated and helps keeps us going with those watch casts, ramble casts, cast casts, many casts, podcasts, the, the many cat, the many casts of Nextlander podcasts uh, about podcasts, podcasting about po- watch uh, vocal coaches react to how long, how many podcasts these podcasters can do. <laughs> oh my god oh my gosh they they really it's talk incredible now that's uh notice how alex is hitting uh the the kind of higher notes there in his head that's gotta be uh, rough on the throat <laughs> brad is it rough on the throat you have no idea <laughs> it is rough on the throat uh that's gonna do it thanks everybody for joining us for this week like i said a bunch of stuff going on go check it out we'll be back with another podcast next week thank you alex navarro thank you Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. Mm -hmm. And we will be back next week.